This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Saddle hunters, if you are thinking of replacing some old gear, maybe getting some new gear, or if you just haven't gotten into saddle hunting yet and still are considering it, now is a great time to head over to our friends at Tethered Nation. Dot com and take advantage of all the gear they have on Deal Alert. I'm sure you can find anything that you need. Probably the best resource as far as like your one-stop shop to get all of your saddle needs taken care of. I, of course, run their Phantom Saddle this year, ran the Manus Saddle last year, used the Predator platform. I use a bunch of their daisy chain equipment. Basically, everything I use from a saddle perspective uh, is from Tethered. And the reason being is that it's light. It's dependable, and number one, and the first and foremost, is I can trust it with my life. So be sure to head over to tetherednation.com and check out all their gear. Also, this entire fall, they put out a ton of hunts on their YouTube channel. If you're interested in checking out the three episodes uh, from my Missouri hunt, you can head over to the Tethered YouTube channel and check those out. This podcast is brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. Skull Brew Coffee roasts premium single-origin coffee guaranteed to deliver the freshest coffee directly to your doorstep. The kicker, they're 2% for conservation certified and donate 10% of their proceeds back to organizations who support the interests of our hunting community. So go to SkullBrewCoffee.com and pick up one of their three killer roasts and fuel your hunt and fill more tags with Skull Brew Coffee. Welcome to the Truth in the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 209. Today I'm joined by my buddy, the bow hunting fiend, and we're talking about his New Jersey success and Pennsylvania redemption. So stay tuned. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you are doing well. Hope you are feeling fine. Let me be one of many, I'm sure, at this point in the year to wish you a very Merry Christmas. This is coming out, of course, just a, a day or two before the uh, before the holiday, this, this holiday season gets in full swing. So 
hoping everyone is getting to spend a little bit of time with some family, getting a little bit of downtime, maybe from the job, uh, if it's if it's possible or in, uh, maybe just a little bit of hunting. Uh, the deer season will come back in here in this area on the 26th. So I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping things will be right to where I can actually get um, get out in the timber and maybe make one last kind of uh, final push in the whitetail woods with my uh, with my bow. Because man, it just it's crazy how quickly, you know, we wait all year long for deer season to come around and it just kind of seems in the blink of an eye, it's, it's gone and you're already starting to make plans and think about next year and, and, and stuff like that. So we have a little bit of time here where I live, uh, I think to the end of January, uh, to still try to fill some tags and stuff like that. So I got a, a lot of work to do, but, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to drag this up front out very long. Um, got a cool show, kind of a lengthy show here with you today. And my buddy, you guys know him, you love him, the bow hunting fiend, Greg Litzinger, is on the show with me today. Uh, it's been a little while since he and I had a chance to catch up. We, we we were able to connect always over the summer. We spend some time together shooting and stuff like that. But once deer season hits, I'm sure like the same with you guys, with a lot of your buddies, uh, you just don't have a lot of time between you know your your normal job, family obligations and stuff like that. And then trying to spend as much time as you can in the timber doesn't leave a lot of time for you know, socializing, hanging out and stuff like that. So it's always kind of nice. You know, we have this little break in between Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, time frame and stuff like that to, to check in with some buddies and see how their season has gone and, and, and stuff like that and kind of get the scoop. So that's what we're doing here with Greg. This session is actually going to be a two part series because we recorded for like almost three hours. Um, so the first part here we'll release today. And, you know, what we're really going to kind of talk about is just really Greg's season. You know, we talk a little bit about, uh, primetime days, you know, I, I think, you know, what he has seen historically and what I'm starting to see in some of the places where I'm running cameras and hunting is that there's, you know, a, a few days here and there that kind of hit in the middle of October before it really hits primetime where we're seeing, you know, mature buck activity. And so we talk a little bit about that. Um, he had a great encounter and great, uh, great hunt in New Jersey this year. Um, you know, quote unquote, getting back in the saddle in New Jersey. It's been, you know, been some hard hunting for him the past couple of years. And he had a great experience with this hunt. And he tells that story and kind of how he set up for that hunt. We talk a little bit about some of his plans from when we talked this summer about hunting the marsh and, um, some really kind of, you know, out of the way places that he was really kind of, kind of focus on this year. And, you know, I will, I'll let him kind of tell a story, but I think we've all had those places where, you know, historically maybe there was good stuff and maybe it took us a few seasons to figure out exactly how to hunt it. And then when we do finally figure out how to hunt it, it doesn't produce like we thought it was going to. And, and, and there's some things that maybe we overlooked or whatever. So we talk about that. And then if you don't follow Greg on Instagram, you totally should. Um, very honest content. Uh, one of the best hunters I know, uh, super smart, you know, when it comes to tracking, you know, getting, getting on whitetails and stuff like that. And he's been hunting in Pennsylvania and we talk about this with our buddy, um, Johnny Stewart. Um, and you know, last year he, he took, a, he took a good deer there. Uh, and, and then this year, you know, he was back, you know, kind of grinding away in the mountains again and had a great hunt. Um, and he had some things kind of go sideways as things happen sometimes in, in the deer woods. But he had an opportunity to redeem himself in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but you know, you definitely want to hear you definitely want to hear that that story. And Greg tells that story honestly, uh, which I think is one of the things I like probably most about him is just honest. You know, Greg's honest and authentic nature. So definitely want to be checking this show out as always. Greg has a ton of great information to kind of share and, and, and does it in a cool and accessible way and always love having him on. So with that, we'll kind of jump into the podcast. But first, I want to be sure to thank you all for listening. All right. We are back. We are live with my buddy, Greg Litzinger. You know him. You love him. We refer to him as the uh, the New Jersey serial killer. Yeah. 
<laughs> I do love some Frosted Flakes. <laughs> the New Jersey Slayer is how we refer to Greg. Um, haven't had Greg on in a little while, so you know he and I, of course, always are in contact, talking, chatting. We don't live too far from one another, but it's funny, man, because during deer season, you know, once bow season kicks off, you and I don't really ever see each other until no. like after bow. I mean, we yeah. talk, yeah, you know unless, I mean? unless I'm tagged out, you're tagged out. Which well, yeah, you got nothing else to do. Let's go hang out with Clint. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and me tagging out is not like something that is going to readily happen. You know, if if history is any indication of uh, of so how you just got to go start hunting Delaware or, or New Jersey. You know, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know that I need to add any more states. You know, to I can not find and or miss deer or slightly screw up a hunt in my own backyard at this point in any of the other states that I've traveled to. I've kind of proven kind of proven myself in 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 that capacity man but you've had a good season to this point man like yeah. you've you know i know you're, you're holding a couple tags and we'll talk about we'll talk about that but it's been a while feels it felt feels good you know it's been a few years well i remember when we were talking so the last time we talked you were getting ready to leave for montana yeah you know and we talked a little bit about yeah. montana and, and stuff and um <clears throat> we talked a lot of whitetails because you had a couple areas that you were really kind of looking at this year that was i don't know i wouldn't necessarily say that you struggled to hunt previously yeah. but like you kind of learned over time, like you were hunting them wrong yeah. and your access probably wasn't right or whatever. And so you were kind of changing that stuff up and you know, was that, so let's, I guess let's dive into that specifically. Like, so how were the hunts in those particular areas? Because you had some kind of marshy places where yeah. you kind of had, you had mapped out like the drainage features yes. and stuff like that to use to get in or whatever, because you found that they were kind of the deer were using like this one kind of yes. little, getting pushed into one particular spot. Right. So tell tell me a little bit about, about the hunts in those particular areas. They were awful. They were awful. Perfect. Absolutely. I love awful. when you do like a ton of work for a spot. <laughs> yeah. And it just doesn't work. The seeing deer, not the deer I would, you know, even lift my bow up or anything for, but right. the the quality of bucks in the area, I don't know if it's the C W D, E H D, X Y Z, whatever. Element O P. Yeah, whatever's going on, but the cameras were just horrible absolutely horrible and uh my visual sightings were horrible really? I, didn't, I didn't see a lot of bird hunters like that whole place was off this year i don't know because you were saying before like you were seeing duck hunters and stuff in yeah. that spot yeah. like frequently yes and just nothing i didn't see people you know usually my cameras i get bird hunters because i guess overgrown fields cameras like i didn't even get bird hunters you know oh. hunting there and never hear shots very rarely hear shots seen a few rabbit hunters talked to a few rabbit hunters and like we're not even seeing rabbits Really? You know, these guys, I've been hunting here 10 years, and he's like, it's just awful this year. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I can, and I get bucks, but it's like, where's them? You know, I was getting 140s, you know, maybe pushing 150. you seen that shed I found? Like, yeah, yeah. It's ghost town. Nothing. And I, I put cameras out three weeks ago, and maybe they're going to get pushed in there late season. Maybe the food was too good everywhere. Like, I, I don't really know, but three years, I figured I'd, I'd have it. And right. it's like, just nothing. Everything you thought leading up to that point, chisel, chip it away, chip it away, and it just turns into just. So this was the third year that you hunted it. Yeah, it's just straight poop sit, man. Every time it's like, that's crazy, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like especially when you start. So that's my biggest fear for the one spot that I'm hunting yeah. right now, or that I hunted this year. Right, is that I I sent you a picture of that one. Yeah, there's a couple of really good deer in there. I that screwed, was a hammer. Yeah, and I screwed up on one that was smaller than him, but it's still a really good deer for the area. Um, well, he was a good deer just in general. He's over Pope and young on public yeah. land. It's a good deer. Um, but the one was a legit hammer, you know, and I had him like 
multiple times dead to rights, like should have killed him, like knew what he was doing. I'm not going to continue to bitch about it, but Sunday hunting, you know, screwed me twice, you know, and was that's why he's there. He's like, Oh, Sunday hunts free Sunday hunting. Well that, and then, you know, I think I said this on a previous podcast, but on the 30th and 31st, right before I was leaving for Missouri, like the weather wasn't great, but I knew like the trail camera, like I had a cell camera in that general area mm-hmm. and the traffic was just like picking up and does were hitting one of the, like yeah. one of the primary scrapes that are in there. Right. That's always good. And I was like, Oh the shit this, I mean, and it was the time, right. Yeah. It's like, it was all kind of ramping up that last week of October, but as well, you know, as well as anybody, it's like, that doesn't necessarily hold true in like every place, yes. right? It's like some places that last week's dynamite, some places it's the first week of November, some places it's the third week of no or third week of October. Yep. You know, you just kind of have to watch and see when those does start to come in to know when things are going to, when bucks are going to really start to move, you know? Yep. And so I was watching this particular camera and it was just like, and I was like, oh shit, man. I was like, the 30th and 31st is going to pop off. Yep. But I was getting ready to leave for Missouri and there was no way I could take a, two additional days off before I left work for two weeks, you know what I mean? To try to go hunt it. And I'm literally sitting in my home office working, watching that big deer hit that particular scrape multiple times over the course of 48 hours. Like where it's like, I probably would have had from what I saw on camera. I don't know what, if he maybe was around there in that area, like, and he didn't pass in front of the camera or not, but from what I saw on camera, there were four opportunities in two days to kill him in daylight. Well, that's just from these last couple of years with cameras over scrapes, even out in PA, you know, John and I talk about this. There's like a two or three day window when that buck first comes in, especially mature buck. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much 48 hours and then he's gone. Yeah. He's in there. He's going to get it though. He's going to find something in that 48 hours. And yeah. He's gone and you don't know when he's going to come back. Yeah. And you know, that's, the tricky part of hunting scrapes. If you're literally off by two days, you could it's active, but that guy you're trying to kill, he's he's already with a doe and see you later, alligator. You right. Know? Especially if you're hunting a specific deer. You know, for me, there were three in there that I was happy to I would I was happy to take and they were all hitting it at different times yeah. and whatever. Um it was it's interesting though, because he showed himself the first time in daylight on October fifteenth. That's a funny story about that those dates. Um, it's just really random. Like I would have never thought that I would have thought I would have got him like on the cusp of like dark, you know, or like gray light. If I were going to catch him at all, you know what I mean? Until like we got to the end of October, but he showed up, I think three times once with like 45 minutes of shooting light left on the 15th, but he showed up two different times, like right on the cusp of I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the picture was, was dark, a, a nighttime picture, yeah. but it was on the cusp of like, maybe you would have had shooting light yeah. if you were in the yeah. tree. You know what I mean? Like, so, well, cause I find, you know, from, I mean, going back 10 years with cameras, you know, when I used to old white flashes and October 15th, 16th, 17th, up to like 20th, you know, there's a lot of mature bucks start day walking. And I think they're just trying to find their little harem see what the does are feeding especially mm-hmm. in the areas where you don't really know where the food is at it's only like ah, ag i'm going right to here if you got right. just oaks well the oaks over this side might be popping this year next year this side so i think he's forced because he's he's only going to breed wonder but you know i think these deer running pressure areas a couple does he's fine with right. that he's going back in survival mode so he wants to get that first one that comes in heat get one underneath the belt so he can go back and recluse you know and get that out of the way almost mm-hmm. and i think that's like an evolved maybe pattern 
these deer are right. evolving maybe i don't know i'm not a, be a biologist or a scientist or whatever but but you stayed in a quality inn last night so you are exactly <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get a lot of day walkers even in johnny's like western pa you know that bucked up bow shot you know shout out it? to bow martonic i gave him a shout out i think in the previous podcast he killed two a, for two killed a freaking hammer it killed my deer thanks bill <laughs> For six hours, thanks. Yeah, you should have heard him, though. He was shit talking to you in the driveway yeah. before yeah. we started. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, same thing. That, that big buck, 15th, 17th, he's day walking, you know, and the clear cut. Johnny had a, uh, the big splitter eight, day walking those three days. I have some bucks day walking at the same time, mm-hmm. you know. So, and that seems, seems to be like across the board. So, I mean, we're, you know, in the mountains in Jersey, a couple of cameras, same thing. You, I'd get a buck every now and again. You're like, Where's he coming from? But I think he's just trying to catch his first couple does, because mm-hmm. you know, they want to get that one underneath the belt. You know, that way he's not in that berserk mode, running around, putting himself in you know harm's way, so to speak. Because they right. know when people come in the woods. Yeah. Last yeah. week of October, now people's like, oh, I'm in the woods. I start seeing more pressure, so he's just trying to get in there. Like, hey, I'm gonna get one, one yeah. under the belt, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I was surprised. You know, he wasn't the biggest one that was in there. I've told this story, but there was a bigger one that I had found in that bean field, and I was trying to hunt him. I had no clue he was he was there. Um, funny thing was though, when I was hunting, I did a couple hunts from the ground in the northern part of this piece. Whenever I was trying to hunt that big deer that I found bedded like right before the summer started, and that and I saw him glass or glassed him in a bean field, and I just happened to catch another picture of this, and I didn't realize it until like I got that picture of him on that scrape, and then I went back and looked. Yeah. And I had him on the uh, on another camera, you know, and so, you know, he he was spending some time there early early season as well. So it made me think like he's probably a homebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he's older, you know what I mean? Like he's definitely four and a half year old, if not five, right? It was just by looking at like how how freaking not his rack, but like his body, yeah. like he was just a stout, stout deer, yeah, you know, um, which made me think he probably spends a lot of time a lot of time around there, um. But yeah, it was just a bummer. Like the well, crappy thing is, is I've I've not seen him since. He made a couple appearances while I was in Missouri. Um, on like the first through the third, I think I want to say those were all. He'll come back for late season. I've been watching and kind of hoping, you know what I mean. I mean, if he hasn't gotten killed, yeah. you know what I mean. I'm not sure. I haven't seen him seen him back, and I've been watching that particular camera. Um, waiting, salivating, like waiting to see. Well, and, and this year it's like I may not have an opportunity, right? But it, this, you know, in we can talk about my shoulder injury because it's like right now I'm not able to, I'm not able to hunt. I haven't been able to since I got back from Missouri basically because of crossbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not, it's not for me. Um, but I've been watching that. And yesterday, actually there was uh, a shooter that actually came through and hit there. Was, so I've been watching, there's a, been a doe. It's kind of been hitting it, and I'm knowing that, like, getting the, in that second rut, that ready. peak ruts, you know. And like, it's funny because I was talking to Bill Thompson from Spartan yep. Forge, right? And so whenever I look at the Spartan Forge yep. app, it's like it tells me the peak rut, you yep. know, based on data, mm-hmm. happens around December 12th for my area, yep. right? And what was yesterday? Uh, Greg and I are recording this on the 13th, you yes. know. So yesterday was December 12th, mm-hmm. and so it was like on on the spot yep. where it's like there was a doe starting yep. to hit that every so often this last week, you know what I mean? And I was like, huh, I was like, I bet you there's going to be a buck show up. Yeah. And then sure enough, yesterday at like nine 30 in the morning, I would have been in my tree, you know what I mean? If my shoulder wasn't jacked up and Thanks, uh, shoulder. Thanks. Yeah. 
That's that'll be like the fourth time in that particular spot that like I wasn't there for. So, you sure it's not like an Indian burial ground or something you don't know about? Like, do they like mill over a grave site when they put the house up around there? It's, it's I don't cursed. know, man. But it's I'm starting to think so. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like I can't seem to get catch a break in there. But what going back to what we were talking about was you hunting that spot going into your third year yeah. and like this should be the year where you're kind of putting all the yeah. puzzle pieces together. I'm worried that this spot is going to, cause I'm worried this spot is going to be like that, yeah. you know? And that's only because I'm a pessimist by nature, right? It's like, you know what I mean? Like if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. You know? Um, I don't have a real good rationale, a real good rationale for it. Why I think it possibly would not be good every year. That's the um, one you got to come in by boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably always going to be. Some years probably better than others. Right. You know, it depends what's killed, what's not killed. You know, cars. Right. You know, the lucky gun hunters. Yeah. You know, or lucky bow hunter. Or even guys putting in work, you know. Yeah. Because I know, like, some of my areas I hunt, like the big woods, when the clubs have really good years, it sucks the following year. Right. Because they kill a couple hammers and a couple of comers, and it's like, oh, you just took, like, five really good deer out. Like, well, that's five less, you know, and then you you cut a few dinks on top of that, and you're like, oh, yeah, like the one the one club, too. you know, by me, I always drive by, and uh, they didn't really have much on their pole. They had a bunch of smaller bucks. So I know that area because they drive the snot out of it. Right. And there's you know, probably ten guys that that do a lot of driving. They didn't have really any good deer, which right. is a plus. That means they they made it, but they had a bunch of small deer. So you're like, well, there's be a lot of less two and a half year olds running around you know right. so yeah you know and it using clubs as a gauge of what you know I, I i do that quite a bit drive around see what's hanging right no nope. all right nope all right you know right yeah i don't know i mean I, i'm really interested to see how this particular spot plays out over the course of like a couple a couple yeah. of seasons because I, I do think this particular area could be good year over year um to what caliber i don't know i mean the deer that i had in there this year that's like you don't get one of those every year, like just in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that deer just by cameras, you know, a one thirty caliber plus deer, you know, from the oh side yeah. profile. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. As an eight point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's hard to tell because the pit it's the camera's kind of up high yeah. and actually where the camera is set up, like that picture it's pretty is, far. is probably like yeah. a good 15, 20 yards away yeah. from the scrape, you know, cause I was trying to keep it away. I yeah. didn't want deer seeing it. I just wanted to know what was in the area. Yeah. It was really all I was trying to get. And he's, a, he's a slob, you know, and just a big body deer. Like it'd be super cool to kill him. Yeah. Um, the part that baffled me though, man, was well, so one going back to the, the, the spots that we ended up scouting together, yeah. like the one mountaintop swamp, yeah. jack shit. And that rub line yeah. or the the rut yeah. like the rut corridor that we yeah. found, nothing jack shit. You know what I mean? Well, there was also people. I was I was getting people on those cameras yeah. too. And so that spot might have been good. Other people seen that and you know, just push the deer out. It was just you know yeah. pressure. Once the pressure gets too much, they're just come through. It'll be nighttime activity. You yeah, know? they know that those are. I'll just wait till dark. You know. Yeah, there was a couple bucks, but there just wasn't anything. Clint Clint Campbell caliber. Well, I wouldn't even say that. I mean, like they were, they were just, they were young deer, like year and a half, small two and a half year olds, you know, forkies, well, small little restless. I thought he was much bigger when I shot him. <gasps> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks so much bigger from the tree. Right. No, that's a four pointer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, a... look, they look the same from 50 yards or five yards. <laughs> right. 
But uh, and then the other spot, <clears throat> you didn't scout this one with me. Um, well, the, I'll talk about the one that we did scout together around that body of water. Yeah, that camera, nothing like so weird. forky, which was like I mean that rub that we found. I mean, unless that deer was dead and there just okay. wasn't another one to yeah. take its place yet, or just nothing of of age. Yeah. Now I will say this. The I went and grabbed that camera because it was still out. I grabbed it like a week ago or two yeah. weeks ago when this comes out, and someone stole the SD card out of it. So I didn't get what was in there from like mid October through November. So there could have been a cruiser, yeah. you know. But how high was that camera? Uh, it was probably nine foot. Somebody's got was it climbing sticks. Was it would have had to be because the tree's small. Like there, they uh-huh. couldn't put any. They couldn't put a climber or anything on it. People are asses. Yeah. So, I mean, didn't steal my camera. So <clears throat> that was a bonus, I guess. But I would almost rather have just took the camera. Like, I opened <laughs> yeah, it up. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I opened it up and I was like, sweet, man. I haven't checked this thing for like. See, see, Chad needs to have his camera set up. You can read to the card and the camera up to a certain amount of pictures. I want to do both. Right. Chad, you hearing this? Hook it up. Hook it up. <laughs> so if they still SD card, you still some pictures in there. Right. There's uploaded. They yeah. went somewhere. Yeah. You know, like a little onboard memory <laughs> yeah, or yeah, some exactly. sort to where it's like. You see some hand like, I know that hand. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and then the other spot where I had told you about was around that um, clear cut. Yeah. The, the bedding around that mm-hmm. clear cut. Like that um, ended up producing like, well, there was that one big, bigger deer that was on there. That was an eight point. He was probably close to the 30s as well. But he disappeared like right as the season opened. Like, yeah. and I never, I never laid eyes on him again. Nothing. There, he might have came through in November because I had a picture of a good deer, had it on camera mode, mock scrape, yeah. killer setup. Um, came through, but he was, it was at night and he was just too far away and he yeah. was actually back away from the camera going through yeah. brush. And I could just see the frame and I couldn't tell. I mean, it looked like a bigger deer. So very well may That's have been here. man. Look at that thing. That's yeah. One. All day. One. Um, Saw 140. Yeah. I'd see something moving. That's. Went for trust me. I can see through brush. Yes, it's all good. That's just a twig. That's a zantler. That's a zantler. <laughs> that's an oak tree. Yeah, zantler. Yeah, that's a zantler. Um, the uh, and then there was one other decent buck that came that came through there on like the thirteenth of November. And so what that tells me is that I hunted it a couple times earlier in the year. Those are rut beds. Yeah, that that I found in there and aren't you know early season beds or you yeah. know pre-rut beds or whatever like too like is that is there acorns up there there wasn't really this year there had been previously i found a like the the best oak tree that was dropping when i scouted was right on the edge of that bed so it was maybe like from where i set up in a tree was maybe 15 yards from me which is kind of why i picked that little corner you know I positioned the camera in that general area because i knew how they were kind of getting to that bed or i thought i did and I knew that there was an oak tree that was dropping there. And so what I wanted to see was like in early October, are they coming through and feeding? there, just coming out of this bedding. And if not, then that means they're probably not bedding in here, yeah. like during that time of the year or whatever. And if it really picks up in November, then I'll know that that's really rut bedding. Yeah. And then that's just a food opportunity along the way as they're, as they're moving through. And it's not a destination per yeah. se, you know, unless there's like no oaks anywhere else, yeah. you know, but there's plenty of oak trees in there that I'd have a hard time believing that that would be like the the lone one yeah. necessarily. The crazy thing was when I put that mock scrape up though in the summer, dude, bucks. I mean, put it this way: if some of the younger bucks made it through this year that were hitting that, yeah. I had bucks on it all the time, just not mature bigger deer, yeah. right? They hit it very 
every so often, right? Yeah. But even in early season, I had bucks in there like almost every day. Like it's just like this little crossing yeah. that they're using and they're staying right along the edge of that cover. And there's does, I know there's does bedded in there and that's obviously why they're cruising yeah. during the rut and stuff. But that little area was a busy little hub hitting that licking vine yeah. that I had there like every single day. And it was really weird, man. Like once like October hit the acorns shift or pressure shift one or the other. Yeah. And it was like, well, even deer were still coming through, but the scrape wasn't opened anymore. Like they mm-hmm. kept it open. Like I put it in there and probably like July. And they were hitting that branch and hitting the scrape like from July till October. And then like once October hit, they really started leaving it alone, which was really, really weird. Like I didn't expect, I didn't expect that. Like I thought it would have heated up and just gotten crazy, but very little activity on it, which was weird. So, you know, knowledge for next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll just, I'll need to put some more time in that area. Um, cause I think I have an idea I think it's classic. I would love to take you there just to kind of suss it out because I think it's one of those classic setups where where I'm at or where I had that camera was um, in the good stuff for cruising. I feel like they're actually laying closer to the road mm-hmm. and closer to like the houses that yeah. are down along the edge. Well, those will definitely be up in the people's backyards and hanging out. Yeah. And so I went away from most of that, you know what I mean, and walked – a mile in mm-hmm. where I'm like, as I've been walking out, I'm like, man, could have walked 50 yards. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm legit. I'm like, I'm maybe I should backtrack and look at some of this other stuff. Like some of these other cuts that were closer to the road. I was like, cause I feel like and that also, might be where you check the cuts for, you know, it's like Johnny, the, the browse, mm-hmm. just browsing the cuts. It could be a cut, but if there's nothing there, they're browsing briars or, or something, then they're just, they'll move through there. but they're not going to spend any time and they're using more as like a cover thing. Right. You know, like some of them cuts, you know, it said in PA they're, some are great, some aren't, but like a time frame where yeah. you the the time is right for browse, but there's no browse in there and you're like it just doesn't grow. Like it's just not it was probably never there, probably never really gonna grow there. Right. Know, other ones are like this is tore up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So man, let's <clears throat> let's shift gears, dude, and talk about your your New Jersey hunt, man. Cause um I mean you, we talked after the after yeah. the hunt and you told me the story yeah. and it's and it's killer. Um, so tell me a little bit of, tell us a little bit about the spot and then let's get into like what actually like went down. So yeah. is this like a new spot, old spot, old spot? I mean, I've, I've hunted off and on for you know 15 years or so. What, yeah. what, what do you like about it? It allows me to get like some years it gets, they just hunt the dog shit out of it, you know, mm-hmm. pressure everywhere. And last year out of shits and giggles, I just decided I'm going to go in the back, you know, like way back there. Mm-hmm. And the old abandoned cart where you got to get back there. Usually, you know, I, you know, when people hunt it because it's people trim it up. Right. I was like crawling through blowdown, so I'm like, ain't been back here in a long time because it's like blowdowns on top of blowdowns. Like right. I'm literally like I'm a little dude, and I'm like, man, I'm. Yeah, it was a struggle to get back in there. Right. The reeds are overtaking the road. And I'm like, awesome. So and that kind of stuff, you can clearly see when people are going through there because they're yeah. breaking. Even yeah. if they're not trimming, they're yeah. breaking brush and to get for, through. For me, like all the going down in there, that there's you know half dozen blowdowns i didn't trim anything up i just you know got tore up getting right. through there like literally like commando style like pulling on your back like pulling yourself with branches <laughs> trying not to break anything because i noticed that if you look at humans because i'm gonna step over well right. i'll crawl under you know it's like well all right i can kind of squeeze in there but if you're going through stuff you're gonna be breaking this getting in or cutting it yeah. so if i trim stuff i'll, I'll trim up from the bottom because nobody's gonna get down their hands and knees like oh look at that hole it's you know like, right. i don't mind crawling my hands and knees right uh 
So it's just you know, great. And the sign was still the same as it was, you know, 10 years ago. So I was like, ah, I'm going to hunt this. And just, so what sign were you seeing? Just scrapes, rubs, you know, yep. big tracks. See, at that, that time of year, they're standing corn was nearby. So I know most of them out there, but you just, some spots, just big tracks, you right. know? So I had to put two cameras way back there. And, um, when I went to hunt it, well, I forget what day it was, the 14th or 13th, as I'm walking out, they're just old. Magic time again, dude. Yeah. We were just talking about But I, I come out and, you know, there's like a big ditch. It fills up with the tide, doesn't fill up with the tide. I'm like, ah, it's low tide, so I'll, I'll go across and I come up. And the scraping area that's always there, like Halloween time, was there now. And I'm like, hmm. skirt. And I'm like, I'm going in the back. So I'm walking past this, and I made it fifteen hundred yards. I'm like, am I an idiot? Like, right. is, am I an idiot? So I literally backtracked, which is worse. I literally walked through like the scrapes. So I'm like, <laughs> right. it's like, it's like how many ta- how many ways can I screw this? Yeah, up? Yeah, basically, I walk back through. It's like, and, there's, and it's like tall grass. And you're like, it's hot. And so it's like, oh well, you know, I'm literally said with the the wild head steps I had. I had to go up the street. It was bent, and any steps going up sucks. But using anything with the eight or on an angle it's oh, it's awful yeah, yeah but i got up it and then i put the you know the platform on this tree i'm literally like hang i didn't even need a platform so i'm literally just the tree's bent so bad i'm literally just hanging in the saddle so i'm like my feet like not even touching like i could really couldn't even stand up on it like so i had to like alter everything like lower everything down so i can actually like push off because it was like the worst possible i right. could shoot the scrape and try and shoot everywhere else was just just shitty basically right. so right. i'm sitting there and uh it's like hot signs. It's just hunt it. You know, it's a, there's some bedding in there. It's kind of a thick overgrown area. People don't want to hunt because you got to hunt from the ground. And it's just, even that, it's still, you know, 10 yards, it's far you're going to see. Right. So I was like, all right, these bucks are better here. Acorns everywhere. I'm like, there's bedding close. Trying to catch those. And uh, you know, worked out like you you would think. I'm sitting there, like, getting close, getting close. So nothing yet. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's buck. Oh, there's another buck. Oh, they're fighting. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like everything that's happened, like, just like so fast. It was just insane. And it was so like, from the time you saw the first buck, how long did it take until you saw the second one? They were, were they together? They were coming almost at the same time frame. Oh, like really? Come, yeah, they weren't on the same trail, coming through the same area, but just one and one, you know? Right. And it was like, they were just like meeting up the battles, almost like it was like a planned thing. I'm gonna meet you at the playground at two o'clock, you know, because right, right. the way they kind of came in, it's like, why would this one come from over here and and here? And uh, did they were just going at it? Like, how long I, do they, how long do they throw down? Maybe a minute, you know, like just something like, and they That's were cool. like, yeah, I mean, they were like, I mean, like coming out and just like like rams and just thrown like, and there's the ones pushing this way and next pushing this way down the ditch, up the ditch, and it's like. Have and you ever also, seen that before, though? Never up close and personal. I've seen it, like, out in the field with binoculars. Like, last year I seen a, a seven-pointer and this other deer go at it, um, like, right by the road. Like, I walk all the way back, and a deer comes out behind this house. One comes out this way, and I'm with my binoculars, and they start going at it. And I'm literally, I'm seeing my truck. I'm seeing these deer, like, battling, and it's like, great. And that's the closest I've ever seen right, to. Right, Here I am 300 yards away. Yeah. And I mean, they were like almost like hitting my tree. Like it was oh, like wow. in on his ditch and over here, there. And it's like, 
like through all the, the the chaos, I don't remember picking up my bow, like because I'm just I'm just watching, and right. But I guess at some point in time, I picked my bow up and I, I spun around because you know they're, they're on the the the, the so called weak side, right? And uh, you know, and the one broke out, and the, the one I shot kind of broke up this way, and it's like next thing I know, it's like I'm pulling back, I got my pin on, and I'm like. I'm shooting this deer like it was just like i just completely blacked out because i was so immersed in that fight and it was like this is the coolest thing ever and i don't remember twisting or doing anything like i remember like oh i'm pulling my bow back and it was like this is oh, happening yeah and uh you know that was that you know it's pretty cool and the shot was i i let him lay overnight which i didn't need to but i had some gut in the arrows but it was extreme you know courting away so i was aiming at that you know that rear ham to, to drive up through and right the shot was right where you know a little, a little far back but in that same general area you know right yeah you know, he went 200 yards maybe 250 i think i would probably say looking back now right and uh but he was dead minutes after good shooting good yeah. blood yeah. yeah like i didn't really easy struggle. track yeah i didn't really he kind of in this little grassy spot and there's a little bit of struggle to find blood but it was there i just wasn't on my hands and knees because it's right. like fall you know you get <clears throat> anybody hunts grassier is like 12 inch tall grass there's a lot of blood there but you gotta gotta find it yeah 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 so let me ask you this man because i've i've heard sparring in the past i've not actually seen it like i've heard deer sparring and knew what it was because they actually sparred right in front of a trail camera that i had set up Mm -hmm. and i was hunting that morning it was like two years ago opening morning is actually at my dad's property um and crisp super it was one of those like oddly crisp like early october mornings where it's like probably a little bit unseasonably cool you know what i mean and it just felt you know how you get out in the woods some mornings and it just feels deery yeah you know what i mean you're like oh this is just like a good day to be in a tree a good morning to be in a tree good day to die yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh <clears throat> i just started hearing like what i thought were antlers and i was like man is that those antlers you know it's uh, a person <laughs> well i knew there wasn't a person or it shouldn't be right and um uh, because i was the only one there and then I went and pulled that camera card after I hunted and was leaving like right after because I was only hunting. I, I could only hunt that morning because I had some family obligations and uh, I pulled the camera card and there was like two bucks on camera, like not getting after sparring, you know what I mean? Like semi-aggressively sparring, you yeah. know what I mean? And I, and that was really cool. So my question for you is because you saw it so close, right? I don't remember if I've ever asked you that or not, but <clears throat> number one, do you ever rattle? No. No. And two, what did it sound like as far as like in comparison to like someone trying to mimic deer antlers cracking together? I've, you know, by me, a lot of people rattle and right off the bat, I'm like, that's a human. Yeah. Just, there's no crash and banging. Like this was full on like sticks, breaking leaves. Right. And the stuff you see on TV, like what they do in Texas back in the day and, and what they do in the Midwest, that's pretty much what it was. So if I ever do rattle, I'm literally mimicking, mimicking that. Right. Straight up, like I'm just, I'm just gonna just uh, from a tree. I mean, you it's you better do you better be sure. raking a tree and doing yeah. all this stuff because it was noise grunting. I mean, it was insane. Like right. it was such a cool. Like I really wish I would have my camera. You know, it was like one of those. Right. You know, uh, I need to downsize my camera arm because I just you know, just using the, the saddle and everything's in a backpack. Right. Have my original lone wolf arm. It's just too. There's too just big. too much crap. You know. Yeah. I like the streamline aspect of everything now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you got in the game. Right. Yeah. Cause like having your, your, like I remember, a, I remember when we first started talking about it, you were, you were giving me shit yeah. about it. And then, you know, it was just the way you hunt. I, I, I knew like, 
you saddle yeah. hunted before yeah. I ever did. Like yeah. you tried it way back yeah. in the in the day. You know what I mean? And that I think was part of like what your apprehension yeah. was about trying it because yeah. you were like, man, that sucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't comfortable. Yes. The gear sucks. Yeah. Like whatever. And I was like, I didn't have that experience. Yeah. So whenever I started saddle hunting and got you know and adopted it, I was yeah. like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe why Greg won't yeah. do it. You know. And then, but I totally understood because it was a prior experience, yeah. you know, but now it's like, you know, I, I mean, I love that that's how you, how you, how you rock yeah. now because it is much more streamlined yes. and, you know, well, I know how you like to hunt. And I said with the, with the saddle and stuff, it's just, I can slide through brush because I don't have anything. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I ordered a set of ring of steps. Um, Did you? Yeah. I want to try it because it's even more streamlined because the, I mean, the, the platform, you know, it, it does without having thing around, like I've been trees where I can like swing around, like having mm-hmm. that other thing on the back. And I tried, I got some other steps along with the thing. I'm like, it just seems like excessive amounts. And I know what my, my comfort level and how do I lengthen a tether. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to ring steps. I've never tried it. It might be horrible, but the fact that I can just keep it in a pouch, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Bullman steps, you know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. all right, let's pull out and I can use a rash strap quiet. And right. that's been my apprehension with that. It's the right strap. Quiet. Yeah, yeah. Because the cam over thing, I, it's not going to work. Because I'm kind of a sitter, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I can take some pressure off the steps. Um, but when you go stand up from that, not having pressure on the steps, mm-hmm. you know, if I was a, a stander, I could probably use a, a, a cam over strap because right. there's constant tension on that strap. Yeah. But since I'm kind of like, oh, I'll let my feet up a little bit. So, you know, just... There's some movement there yeah, whenever that, you put reapply pressure. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, I don't want to have a bark break and it's like, I just lost a bug. Right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> for me, you know, I didn't even plan to talk about saddle stuff, but I'm, it's cool that you brought it up because I'm, now that I can't hunt at the moment because yeah. my shoulder's jacked up, a lot of what I start doing is like thinking about what am I going to start to, like, well, number one, where am I going to scout? What are my plans for next year? I start kind of like doing that. I mean, I haven't given up on this year yet. I'm hoping I can still get out in late season, like as we go. Cause for me in the special regs unit in PA, I'm, I'm basically able to hunt all the way through to the end of January, yeah. you know? So I still have like a good solid, like month and a half of, of doe tags. I don't, yeah, I've got some doe tags yet. Yeah. So, um, I have all my tags, dude. I could go back to Missouri. I could go to another state. I could hunt. Like I've not filled a damn. Make it thing. rain with the tags, dude. Yeah, I'm going to go to the to the, to the bow hunting strip club yeah. and just like start <laughs> making it rain. making it rain, dude. I'll make it rain in multiple states. Yeah. I got um, two unused Montana tags. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but what I start doing is I start thinking about like one. You know, you and I were like you had never seen the trailer like yeah. up close, so I kind of showed you that, and so it was like. You know, there's not a lot I want to change on necessarily. There's a few things that I might do. They're not have to do's. They're yeah. more things like if I have time and if if I think I I need to. But just become friends with smaller people. That, yeah, Chad, you need to shrink. Yeah, like <laughs> shrink it down a little bit. Yeah, and then but then I do start thinking about like my gear and you know what I might want to change up for next year because like you're saying, it's like I'm all about. When you streamline things and you start to use like, you know, whether you're hunting, you know, with small sticks and like using aiders and stuff like that, and you're really reducing, like, to me, it's like, it's not about reducing weight. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm in shape. I can carry weight. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The issue is and becomes like, how does, how is that weight distributed and how does it carry? Right. And that's the thing. It's like, unless you're hunting with like a frame pack or something like that, right, which is 
extreme overkill for whitetails and just more than you need. And it's more than I want hanging in a tree with me. You know what I mean? It's like that to me becomes the issue is like, how's the weight distributed and how much like bulk am I carrying with me when I'm trying to slip through places because I hunt spots like yeah. you're saying that's like are, are kind of tight to get yeah. through. Right. And I'm also kind of like you where it's like, I don't trim, I don't snip. Right. I like to try to go in and like not disturb whatever, because I also don't want other people seeing how I've gotten in and out of a spot. You know what I mean? That's like, cause if I trim it and make it easy to get into, I'm yeah. not the only one it's easy to get into for anymore, yeah. you know? And so I've started thinking about, you know, how I want to kind of tweak my gear. And like, I think my big, so it's interesting you mentioned ring of steps cause I'm considering it. Yeah. I'm just, I used a platform because it was easiest for me to transition from yes. hunting out of a stand to hunting in a, mm-hmm. out of a saddle. If I had that familiarity under my feet still, yeah. you know, but I'm willing to kind of make, try to see if I can make, you know, yeah. a ring of steps or something like that work just because dude, it's so small, yes, you know what exactly. I mean? It's like, you just toss it in a pack and you're done. Um, but the big change I'm going to make is I'm actually starting to build a single stick and repelling system now because yeah, it's too much work for me. Sorry. The single it's, it's actually not, well, I shouldn't say it's actually not cause I haven't built it yet and yeah. done it, you know? So I'm speaking a little out of turn here, but like, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you're still using an eight or on one step, right. Or a one stick. So your first move for me is going to be the same distance as the first move would be for me mm-hmm. as I hunt. Now it's going to be seven foot. Right. And so then it's really just like, how many moves do I need to make after that? You know what I mean? And so for me, it's probably only two more moves. Cause I really don't ever need to be any, I don't hunt much higher than like 15 feet, usually yeah. 15 to 20 foot. It's never over 20. You know, it's like, that's just places I'm at yeah. are thick enough and enough cover. I don't really have to worry about it. And being able to get out of a tree that fast and just like zip down and gone and have like only one stick mm-hmm. in a ring of steps. It's like, I'm carrying nothing yeah. then at that point. And that's more what I'm trying to get to is like, how can I carry nothing? Yeah. I watched those guys that just for me, like I said, with the, I'm happy with my wallet steps and the Nader and Swader. Mm-hmm. I got it down where it's like, boom, 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 boom. Like how many steps are you using? I'm getting five and a half foot per step. Because so, you're using probably four. Well, I can use three. It will get me like 19 feet to the bottom of the platform. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because you're setting. So you're you're setting your platform up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a step. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like, the same I, thing I, with my platform. I, you know, it's like, well, I'll just set it high. Like, I grant it won't be five foot, but it'll be three foot. You know, I, I do the same thing. It's I like, got, I'm, I'm blessed with long legs, you know, so yeah. it's like, well, screw you, short legged people. I don't know. What's, yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> it's like, I mean, because I'll use two sticks with my, with that five step eighter, and those two sticks will usually get me to rate around yeah. like, 14 ish yeah. feet. And then I can set my platform about two to three feet above that. Cause I don't have as long a legs as yeah. you. So with those two sticks, I can usually get to right around yeah, like, like 16, 17 feet. Yeah. Like in, where I shot my buck in Jersey, uh, I used the four steps, more a little narrow cause the tree was kind of leaning, mm-hmm. but I used the four to get up so I can actually shoot over the brush. Like I like having, you know, that if, if need, like how I use, how I carry them. I have, I don't leave them at the base or tree. I bring everything up with me mm-hmm. and all right, I need another, you know, another step to get around this branch or a knob or this needs to be lower. Uh, so I always want to bring four and mm-hmm. four will get me, I mean, legit, you know, 23 feet. Right. You know, and granted the steps, if I need it, you know, like in PA, the four got me up to the point cause you know, it's a steep hillside. Right. You know, so it's like, I kind of wish I had a fifth, you know, cause right. I was literally like, I put the first step on like, I got really spacey these ones out. And so it's like, hmm, all right. It's a little more longer than I wanted to. Right. But 
just so I can actually get up higher and think because knows it's a cedar tree like uh so I can kind of set it up in you know in this little branch mm-hmm. and every day that kind of came through it was super early like looked up right you know because it's like hey what is this but I had that little bit of cover if I were to just limit myself to say I got, I'm going to hunt 15 foot you know or I'm right. just bring three to get 15 foot I would have been pegged you know I right. never probably would have been better because I probably would have not got a shot at, well you know, so that's the other the reason for me with wanting to use a single stick and repelling because I'm only limited by the how far I can, can climb yeah. by the length of my repel rope. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like get 30 foot of repel rope. It's like I can climb 30 feet if I need to. Not that I would necessarily do that, but in cases like where you were at, yeah. where it's like if the deer are going to be coming on your uphill side and the wind dictates you need to be on the downhill side yeah. of them, you know, and however much vertical feet you're losing to yeah. them based on where the trail is in relationship to your tree, yeah. you know, you might be climbing 20 feet and only be five foot above where they are at eye level you know what i mean so yeah because uh, i mean some of that country steep out there yeah you like know? on that point where you know i i look, made that horrible shot on that deer it yeah, was, we'll, we're gonna get to yeah, that that's a steep you know even jersey um i take five steps five wadded steps mm-hmm. because you know first of all the trees are really crooked so sometimes you got to like be creative with your steps. Like, all right, I got to go to kind of dip around this and get up around this. Right. So having more is better than not having enough right. You know, right. for me. And it's a small profile yeah. too. You know, you can throw that stuff in your pack and you're yeah. gone. And they're five pounds for five steps or whatever. Yeah. You know. Do you wear your saddle in or do you throw it in your pack? If it's under a mile, I'll wear it in. You yeah. know, if I'm, you know, really humping far, it's just in the it's way. It's going to fall down, you know, and right. like that. And, I really want to just just streamline a few things because I like I bought a big you know pouch a little more aggressive because the the tether pouch goes I got a lot of briars mm-hmm. it just eats it up it just tears up and it, right. you know, it's ripped I try to fix it it's like awful so I bought like a military surplus bino bag yeah I like it but it's noisy so it's like all right, right. I like to be I want to be able to take it off and on and keep it right. in the pack that way I can just walk in and then attach when I get to the tree right the other thing I think I'm going to change <clears throat> too and it kind of goes along with the repel idea that's like my big change for the this year is to do that because i really you know you don't have to have a long stick i've got extra stick parts downstairs is what i'm i'm gonna plan to build the stick Mm -hmm. and it's just gonna basically be the other parts of like the lone wolf sticks that i cut to make my short sticks you know so these sticks are only going to be 12 inches yeah because all i really need is something for the aider to hang off of the bottom to climb and then just need something to stand on Mm -hmm. to put my tether up you know and then move the stick and whatever you know but it's actually moving i didn't really realize it. i started playing around yesterday with uh like eight millimeter rope because i've never played around with it really you know i had some at the house because i was using it for stick mods previously yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that um but i think i'm going to change you know at least my lineman's belt to eight millimeter because it's just it's so so much smaller the, you know i was me? looking at the the opalux too you can't find that shit anywhere right oh, now yeah. it's like that or a mad rock safeguard yeah. for repelling it's like yeah. I tr- i've been trying to find them and it's just like i found one i found two different sites that had them they usually sell for like 89 or not 89 80 90 dollars yeah. something like that this site was like 160 yeah you know it's like because there's I don't know everybody's quarantine tinkering all the time in the world right well that or it's like i don't know too it's like i think they're made in like taiwan or something yeah. like that so it's like i'm sure like the whole supply chain issues yeah. of the pandemic stuff probably have that on you know, getting screwed up as well. But there's a lot of pissed off rock climbers, I'm sure, going like yeah. these damn saddle hunters <laughs> buying up buying up all of our rock rock climbing yeah. gear. But so that's my plan for this year, man. Is that's the 
I think that's the tinkering I'm going to, I'm going to do is going to be mainly with that one thing with the bow, maybe. And that is possibly you just going to a whisker biscuit and getting rid of the drop away. Uh, <laughs> Does that pain you? Yes. <laughs> Why is that? When the, the biggest argument that people will say whisker biscuits, it's a fixed position rest. Right. All the pros use blade rest. Right. Yeah, they're pro. There's a reason. They get paid to shoot X's and be precise. Right. They can shoot upside down and still hit an X. The average person, high sit pressure situation, you know, there's a chance you're going to torque that. If you torque that grip, you're torquing that rest. And right. I don't know what happened. I went way left or way right or way down. So the the rest, a high-quality drop-away rest, it can't be beat. It eliminates errors. It has a cord. It has a spring. All right. If you want to look at that, you might as well just go shoot recurve you know, right. and shoot off the shelf. Like, all right, there you got nothing. Well, you still have a string then. Right. Well, all right. You know, you can really nitpick this to death. You know, right. Drop-away rest will make you more accurate. Right. And more and more pros are shooting drop-away rest, even on the tournament trail. Vegas. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it it eliminates deals that when you're not perfectly because on. it's just like your your arrow isn't on the rest. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, you know, user induced torque and you know, right. any high pressure situation. From the moment that string starts moving, yeah. you've re, you've removed the torque your yes. your torque yes. because that arrow is no longer touching anything on yeah. the bow. If you use, yeah, mechanical release. Well, might as well start shooting fingers. Right. Release can fail. Yes. You know, so there's a lot of people nitpick it. And right. if you shoot 20 yards, sure. But if you're, you know, looking to get certain performance or like, uh, I just don't see the benefit of a whisker biscuit. You know, right. if you start, you know, pronghorn, you know, and you're dragging your bow, tree stand hunter, you're literally, your bow's going to sit on something till you right. shoot at something. Right. I don't see the, the benefit of a, a whisker biscuit at that point. Right. Personally. Right. I mean, I've shot them, you know. Yeah, the reason I started thinking about it is because I was talking to Brian Broderick yeah. about it, you know, and he, I don't know if you've listened to that podcast or not that I did with him, but one thing he was talking about was his ultimate like whitetail setup yeah. for a bow. And what he was saying was, was that, you know, he, him personally, like optimum yeah. for him and that what he suggests to people is removing anything that has the possibility to fail, yeah. you know, and one is like whisker biscuit. And he did say, he was like, look, you know, the reason people use drop away arrest is because they shoot better with a drop away arrest because it hides your imper- yeah. imperfections. You know, yeah. and he was like, the solution for that is, is shoot your freaking bow. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And it's always better. easier said than done. Yeah. You know? So, and I get it because a lot of guys don't have as much time as, you know, you know, even, yeah. even for guys like me who, whenever he's not injured, does shoot yeah. frequently, <laughs> you know, it's still like, I guarantee you, you put a whisker biscuit on my bow and I'm going to have some imperfections that I've just gotten used yeah, to shooting gotta, that have gotten hit. For, for me, like working in a shop when the, like uh, a father will come in with, probably one reason I'm not a fan of whisker biscuits, I see a lot of people overdraw mm-hmm. with the weight whisker biscuit because the arrow won't fall off. Like I, I grew up in an era where we had a TM Hunter. Got it. You have a, two little things. If you torque that grip or thing, yeah, that if you rest, couldn't just grab it, hold it, and yeah, draw pull it back. back. The arrow's gonna fall off. So, yeah. and I've shot blade rest. I've competed. I've won money using the blades. Won tournaments winning shooting a blade. A blade requires perfect, smooth draw. You know, well, it's a good learning tool. Sure, you know, right? You know, if you want to shoot a, a whisker biscuit for hunting, buy your find an old TM Hunter. 
mm-hmm. and shoot out of a tree of a TM Hunter. If you can do it nice and shalom, you know smoothly, right. yeah, throw a whisk on it. But most people can't. You, right. you see women, you see people that are sky drawn trying to pull the weight back because a whisk will literally hold your arrow at a certain spot. So yeah. you can overdraw, you can torque through it. It don't move. So you don't know you're inducing torque. Right. Well, don't move. Right. You know, Until so, you release the arrow and then. Exactly. <clears throat> now, even on like a drop weight, you know, you've, if you pull your bow back, you know, canted 45 degrees to the right, it's not, it's going to fall out. You're going to make, oh, I got to level the belt. But whisk biscuit, you can literally pull your bow back, you know, any which way you want. So right. you could be putting torque on something. You right. know, if you have, if you have terrible form, you know, you, you definitely need to work on it. Right. And whisk biscuit hides that, in my opinion. Right. You know, cause I've, you know, I've, Shot deer with whiskey biscuit, you know. Right. I've, I've lost deer with whiskey biscuit. I lost deer with drop away. You know, there's really no end right. all be all. But right. for me, I want perfect air flight at release. Right. You know? Well, now you're making me think about it again, man. I well, was all like set to go back to. I'll try like, it. You know, I might. I'll give you a blade rest or like a 3D blade <laughs> rest. We can, you know, be great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you can. If I can make back. it happen with yeah, that. Yeah, then a whisk biscuit's going to help you. Or what I would maybe do is I have an old whisker biscuit downstairs in my archery closet. It's like maybe I throw that on during the summer and just shoot yeah. with that because it'll make me tighten up my yeah in my shots, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to be more consistent. Yeah, shoot whatever. some 3D with it, get some high elevated heart rate shooting in because yeah. everybody shoots fine in the summertime. Yeah. Flip-flops, sandals, even ground. Yeah, it shoots great. Yep. You know shoot out of a saddle when you're twisting, turning and a deer of a lifetime's there. And if you, you're not paying attention to your bubble, you know, yep. or anything like, yeah. So maybe that, maybe that's what I do to help, you know, make it harder on myself during the summer. Yeah. That way when I throw the drop away back on to get ready for hunting season yeah. or whatever, it's like, then I'm, I'm, I'm tight. Yeah. So yeah. N- nothing against whisker biscuits, but no, I there, think, there I is, think you have something against whisker biscuits, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's got a vendetta against yeah. Whisker Biscuits. One did him wrong somewhere yeah. in his yeah. life. Whisker Biscuits. <laughs> Plus, too, with the micro diameters, too. Like, I've, you know, what the, the said the day six. I mean, they're small arrows. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of playing that Whisker Biscuit with them small arrows. They don't mm-hmm. really. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah, there is some, you know, wobble. Wiggle. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. That to me is just like, ugh. you know, at least with my little drop away, the V, it sits in the V, you know. Right. It ain't going I, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So man, let's move on to uh, the Keystone State. Man, you know you've uh, two for two, dude. So I want to take you back to last year, I think, where, like, before you went to Pennsylvania, <laughs> we did our our normal right before season podcast yeah. together or whatever, or some at some yeah. point. I don't remember exactly which one it was because we did a bunch of them together last year because we did the whole series yeah. together, and. You were kind of giving me crap a little bit because you were like, you go to a state, kill a deer, like whatever. You're like, I go 15 years, ain't killed one out of state yet. And he was like, it seems like every time you go to a new state, you come home with a buck. Yeah. You know, it's like, it just give him. So I just want to say congratulations. You're two for two going out of state. People actually called me a rut hunter. Now I'm like, whoa, and, and slow I, it down. That's only I, two bucks in like 30 years. Settle and, down. And I, and I screwed up this year. And I yeah. screwed the pooch this year in two different states. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... No, I, I'm super stoked for you, man. Cause you know, and, and I know for anyone out there listening that knows you or that doesn't know, it's like Greg is, you know, yes, can kill deer in the rut, yeah. but you prefer to kill them in October when you can, when, when you're not moving when, super fast. Right. So oh, dude, tell me about it. <laughs> or zombie mode. Right. Where you know where they're going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's your, your preference is yeah. to hunt them down as opposed to, you know, 
hunt spots where they're going to end up traveling through yes. based on their biological needs or whatever. So second year headed out to this particular spot in PA. We won't mention it by name. That way there's not a bunch of people that show up there <laughs> going forward. Um, it's mountainous terrain, right? Um, deer density is pretty good. I wouldn't say it's not like you're going to get run over with deer. Has some really great deer, some tough hunting. So tell me about, tell me about this hunt, kind of like the preparation for it. You know, you know, I know you're, you know, did some work and do some hanging out and yep. scouting and stuff with Johnny Stewart. Yep. I know Bo goes along with you guys yep. some as well. Bo um, can't hang. Bo can't hang. No, nah, it's. He's got all Kids. that. He's yeah. got all those supplements he takes, yeah. and you know, and working out he does, and whatever. And he's got that mustache. Yeah, dude, the still just can't weigh him down. Yeah, he's got cut that. He's got, he's got twenty pounds on his yeah. upper lip, man. You know, it's like what do you? But anyway, you know, tell me about how this hunt played out because there was I followed along, you know, and we texted back and forth and stuff because I actually think when I had some poor luck in Missouri, it was like the day before or something like that. I think you did. It was like, it happened for both of us right around the same time, you know? Um, So I want to just get like the full kind of like picture, like the preparation, how the, you know, off season into like what you learned, how you applied it when you got there. And then ultimately how the hunt played out. Yeah. So this year I went out um, early November 1st, uh, because usually I just go out after, the, you know, my wife's birthday is the second. So usually I'm not allowed to do anything prior to that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Good husband, good father. I'll, I'll stay with you. But this year I was like, listen here, woman, I'm going out. <laughs> actually, I know. Actually, I did that, but not really. But, you uh, thought it when you yeah, were saying. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. But, hey, hon, how's it going? Hey, can I? Yeah. <laughs> That's how that went. <laughs> but I'll, I know your wife. Yeah. <laughs> You're still alive. So yeah. I know you didn't say that. So I um, went out November 1st, left, you know, right after, you know, the Halloween candy sugar rush dissipated mm-hmm. in the morning, drove out there and we had snow, rain turned into snow. So we, Johnny and I, we just covered miles, checking cameras, looking for sign. Looking um, for tracks. It was yeah. the snow good enough to where you could look for tracks or was that like classic Pennsylvania wet snow? It was, it snowed better that night. But okay. it started snowing when we were out there, and we were literally just checking cameras. I think we did like five or six miles, and we checked, you know, five or six cameras. Mm-hmm. And the one camera was just the day before was just day walkers, huge. I mean, just massive bucks. And you're just like, we're hunting here. So we, he never really hunted there before. So we got picked a spot here, and then we're like walking out in this big field where he had two more cameras. Uh, the, this is all public land, too, yeah, just yeah. so people know. So we're like, and Giant brought his uh, hang on. His lone wolf hang on and sticks. And we get this one spies like, dude, this is this is a bed here, giant rub. It's like well, this is like a good observation set coming out of these pines. And mm-hmm. you know the other spot we picked was super dense. You get in there, you literally like, all right, I got like three shots. Right. So he hunted somewhere else. I hunted that stand that the lone wolf he hung up and uh you know, like walking in, I waited we waited till daybreak because it was snowing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Well, I'm gonna see if I can cut tracks walking in so did the old wait till daybreak start walking and probably should have left a little earlier because I was walked forever I'm like still not there you know by the time I get to the point like it's like legit daybreak so I go out and I see fresh tracks I'm like all right well I'm gonna dip down in got in this field and there's some does that are milling around so I get in a tree and it's just cold I mean the wind was whipping Mm -hmm. 
you know, winds is blowing every which way, you know, and snow's kind of here and there. And the does are still in the back, just milling around two does. And uh, so I ended up getting down and like scouting out, found a big rub, getting ready to through his pines. I didn't realize I was right next to where I walked in because, you know, it's just so thick in the snow. Yeah. Like everything's like way down, but I'm going through these little, uh, pines and I'm like following this little doe track. I'm like, well, no bucks. Cause all the limbs still had snow, snow on, on them. So, they didn't hit them yet. so I make a left and it gets open and it's just this giant rub. I mean, I'm like, that thing's I mean, massive, you know? Right. And so it's like, I mark it, you know, head on out. And then Johnny had checked the camera that night and there was some deer on the point and he's like you know you, you need to hunt that he goes i gotta go back home he went home to vote you know oh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah so he's like and then it's like t- tuesday night so i go across this river you know waist deep water basically and uh did you have your chest waders with you i had johnny's little ass tiny feet hip weight <laughs> he's like size nine i'm like cramming these things like walk across the river and my toes are really like curled up you know like you made fists with yeah your basically that's amazing and uh so i do like an observation sit on this point you know i didn't where he had the camera i'm about 100 yards away and i didn't get like super aggressive because i'm like well, i don't really know where these deer are coming from you know um i'm familiar with the other side i've scattered walked all around like i know that area i got spots marked he kind of sent me a waypoint you know here go here so i come across and there's this giant run with the snow like through snow it's like cattle's going up and down it right it's it's all oaks so i get up in the evening get set up i can see it's it's gonna happen i'm gonna shoot something i didn't see nothing really i didn't see nothing so i'm like oh this sucks you know so i get down there and i'm I'm, you know he's back home we're we're texting you know and i get up super early you know next morning i was like i'm getting hit it again so i cross the creek get up into the tree and uh dude just deer everywhere really I mean, it was like they like i'm I'm walking in right at daybreak kind of catch the area where i want to be hunting you know you know so i can snow i want to catch the trails any type of you know, movement and uh i end up climbing up this tree i was like this looks pretty good and funny part about it is that's literally where johnny was going to sit you know he kind of set like a pin like this is where the camera is and like him and I, we vibe. He says, all right, you want to go here? I'm, you'll see. And, like, it's just perfect. So I climb up, and, you know, I got bucks. One big six. He's going to, you know, be a tank in a few years. Another eight's limping. I had does. I mean, fattest does I've ever seen in PA. I mean, these things were, like, robust. This is, <laughs> what, November 3rd, whatever, 2nd? I mean, these things are just round. Looks like they're almost pregnant, both wow. of them. I'm like, and they're right underneath me. And I'm like, I wish I had a doe tag because I'd shoot that one. I mean, she was big. Right. You know, but there's so many acorns. They're just eating good yep and uh it'll be about nine thirty. i catch movement behind me so i kind of swing i see a doe i was like oh that's cool and that's a buck so <laughs> and it's a big buck so i grab my bow they're at 23 yards and he's just straight zombified mm-hmm. just not i'm like meh, meh, meh. and she's not and i'm like yo how, how far was he how fast was he moving i mean was he like running or was he just on like that normal like yep, dead just, like yep the doe's moving and he's just you know, staying 20 yards behind her, just yeah, where moving. he's going. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, meh, meh, meh. he's on top. I'm like, yo, <laughs> and he finally stops. I'm like, 23 yards, you're dead. Wide, tall, heavy, everything you want in the deer. As soon as the arrow went off, he hits the dirt. I shoot over his back and I'm like, and he runs off and he's looking about the doe. He doesn't have to worry about me. So I'm, he's looking at her because she kind of darted off a little bit and he's looking for her. And I'm like, 
Oh, and I got some trees behind me. Grab another arrow. Do, 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 do. You know, he's, I figure, 30 yards at that point. He starts moving some saplings. I'm like, now or never. And just as I shoot, you know, she takes off. He takes off. You know, liver. You know, straight liver. So I'm pretty much almost crying in a tree because I know that sound. That's like the worst sound in the world. He's slightly quartered. I'm like, maybe I got a lung. You know, I, I don't know. But he kind of ran off a little bit and stopped. And then he starts walking. And he goes with her. And I'm like, this is not happening right now. I was like, so he started just walking like nothing ever happened. Yep. Adrenaline. Yep. So it's like, <sighs> so we get down and. Well, hold on. Let's back up for one second. Like that at 23 yards, man, I can't believe he ducked that arrow that, that yep. close. That's Dude. crazy, man. He knew like he, he's been around the block. He knew what that human sign was like. Right. What that me screaming, I took him out of zombie mode, you know, and he was like, looked right up at me. So and like I was on him, you know, right. and then the shot broke, but. I mean, that's not his first rodeo, yeah, you know, from yeah, that's that. a smart, that's, yeah, a, he, that's a deer he, who's, yeah, he dipped and kind of like rolled and went out like downhill. So it was like a, a, a drop and like rolling, you know, like right. fighter pilot technique, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he went into like a straight barrel, a straight yeah. barrel roll. And, uh, yeah, so it was just the worst feeling to get down and so yeah, you, so you hit this deer, yeah. he goes, did he kick anything? Or just, just like that hollow sound. It was just like, yeah. And you're it, like, and he didn't move. And he just kind of took off a little bit, you know, huh. like not like full on, but it wasn't like, you know, when you hit him in the good spot, sweet spot, you're like dead deer, you know, right. none right. of that sound. Right. And, uh, so I get the arrow and there's blood everywhere. Point of arrow. I'm like, Oh, hair, not belly hair. You know, like mid still snow on the ground. Uh, that spot was, you know, starting to melt because the sun and everything. Right. So it's like, all right. And I just back out and uh, we go back at like seven o'clock at night. Bo meets up mm-hmm. and uh, Jason, Bo, and I, Johnny and I, we go out and get the arrow. You know, I left it sitting in the ground. It's a little bit of hair. We go up like you know, 15 yards and blood's just pouring out, like pouring out. And we're like, <sighs> and I've been down this road before, you know, mm-hmm. too many times. And Bo was like, this deer's dead. I'm like, because <laughs> I just knew because I'm like I've been down this like shitty shots you know and then right. great blood and it's like and I think just poor blood for like 100 yards I mean great blood and then literally it was just like whoosh gone and we searched I don't know two hours after like last flood and we marked all stuff like I said doing the whole you know breadcrumb trail on, yeah. the, on the apps and everything and I went back the next morning I sat in the same tree because I know if I didn't wake up super early get over there I'd bar, I'm like, I'm gonna be lazy and come from the top. You know, I was like, just we do it the same way. So I went over there super early, sat up in a tree and had that big six pointer come. <laughs> you know, and another buck came through and, you know, a couple of does and I got down and that last drop of blood was literally the last drop of blood. And I searched, you know, it was like eight miles, something like that. It was, it was something all up and down. You know, it's mountain. So I'm, yeah, going, yeah. I'm literally going up and down and, up this draw go over 20 yards come down like that's great about having gps's and the right. and base maps all these things like you can yep. literally just follow your trail I'm like all right and i'm literally just doing everything checking every because it's a gut shot i'm checking every blow down in the creek because the draw is starting to get some water fully i'm searching everything nothing Jeez. just just disappeared it was awful because it probably would have been my biggest deer really you know had what do you been, think he was he was wide tall and heavy yeah you know and i've Killed some few nice deer, so like I know what a one twenty is. Right, you know, I've got enough of them on the wall. I know what one thirty is. Right, 
and it was bigger than that. Right. You know, and the deer, it was bigger than one I shot and killed. You know, really? Later. Yeah. That was a good, that was a big deer too. Yeah. He wasn't as heavy as the one I killed, but he was taller and wider. Right. And so who knows what it was, you know, but it's a dead deer. You know, Mother nature, will, other things will eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's tough, dude. I mean, that's, <clears throat> I can, of course, sympathize, yeah. you know, because had a not exact, you know, exact situation, you know, in, in Missouri. It, be truthful, man. It's like that was, that Missouri deer was the first deer I ever lost. Like that's. Wow. Yeah. And. Just yourself lucky. <laughs> yeah. So it was. um. Yeah. I mean, I just, it was. It, it was baffling, especially because, you know, whenever I released the arrow, you know, and saw, and like, look, it was classic. Like, I felt good. Everything yeah. broke well. I watched it hit the deer. You know what I mean? I, to the point where it's like, if you watch the, the tethered film or whatever, yeah. I said, like, whenever Zach points to me, I'm like, I saw my arrow sticking out. So it wasn't like I shot, broke, and yeah. like, lost my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, the shot broke, I watched it hit the deer, and I knew exactly what happened. But I, did, I shouldn't say I knew exactly what happened. I knew it didn't pass through. Mm-hmm. And it was only probably like a 20-yard shot. And at 20 yards, that thing should have zipped through. Even if I clipped some shoulder blade, mm-hmm. it should have zipped through. You know, And I didn't know what had happened at, at the moment or whatever. And it wasn't until we went back and looked at the footage. like I could see like I hit something in mid-flight to where it started. Yeah. You could, When you watch it frame by frame, you can see the arrow is a streak. Yeah. And then whenever you can hear the sound of it clipping something yeah. right before it hits the deer, you can see now there it looks like there's two arrows, yeah. you know? And, and at first I thought I clipped the tree, but I was like, man, I, I was like, I couldn't have clipped that tree. I was like, because I had enough clearance yeah. to make that shot without having to hug that tree. Like, and it wasn't until Zach actually got home and looked at the footage when he was doing the cut yeah. up that he actually zoomed in and could see that there was a small branch sticking out. Little arrow fuckers. I Dude, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have hit that thing probably if I tried a hundred more times, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it was, I don't even know what time it was. I think it was like nine something. I think Zach put on the the thing. It might've been, maybe it was seven 30. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember or whatever, but it was like, we were in like a cedar thicket. So it's like a ton of shadows and yep. stuff like that. And it wasn't like a branch. I mean, that branch wasn't even as big around as my pinky. You know what I mean? It was like, I mean, it was like, it's less than the size of a pencil. Yep. You know what I mean? It's that hardwoods that, I mean, reeds and little green briars you cut through but if it's a you know a branch coming off mature hardwoods or something that's or you know the dry rotted ass pine tree things mm-hmm. that stick out you know those things like hitting cement man they just yeah. alter bullets i mean they'll just stop anything yeah it's uh but it's like so, so the point being is like that actually happened to the two of us around the yeah. same around the same time i think yours was like a day before yeah. mine or two days before mine or something like that and it's the worst and it's the worst feeling you know because it's you know, I think the deer that I shot probably lived, you mm-hmm. know, cause going back and looking at, it, I mean, I had maybe this much penetration, you yeah. know, and then he broke the arrow off right behind the insert. Yeah. You know, so the broadhead and the insert, he broke off, you know, that I'm sure was behind that shoulder blade. Yeah. And when he just, ran, it just yeah. broke it or whatever, you know, um, well, that's a big chunk of meat. If you get underneath that shoulder blade, if it's out, yeah. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of protection there. You yeah. know, there's, you got the breastplate, all that stuff kind of starts forming up at the bottom. I mean, yep. it's, that's a pretty strong part of the animal. Yeah. So totally knew what you, knew what you were going through, you know. And what, what heads were you using? Brines? Yeah, I was using yeah. day six heads, yeah. you know. And I've shot my Iowa buck last year yeah. with that. And, I mean, it zipped right through them. Big, 
big body deer. And they said you know. the deflection was, you know, having good air flight is important. Mm-hmm. But when you hit something, you know, your air starts teetering. Well, that was the thing. Like you could see whenever you watched it. Like it, like I knew. I mean, we searched all through the night and stuff like that. Like whatever time I shot him, seven thirty, whatever. We took a break and let him lay. Um, this was I didn't even blood trail him to the point that like I didn't even know my arrow came out yet. Yeah. Like we looked, we found like just a little bit of blood and stuff like that, and then we backed out. Yep. And because I wasn't confident in the hit, so I was like, let's just leave, let him give him some time, and then we came back at like whatever it was, like 11 o'clock or something like that. So we gave him like four hours or something like mm-hmm. that, roughly. Came back 11, 11.30, and then we basically looked until midnight, yeah. you know, like a good 12 hours of just looking, you know, and then had some friends come in to help look and whatever. But the moment I found that arrow, and when we went back and looked at the footage, and I could literally see my arrow hit not flush, yep. the where my arrow hit sideways, I was like, I'm not finding that here. Yep. You know what I mean? I was like, that's it's not going to happen because you could literally see it go in at yep. an angle, like where it almost like slapped him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but anyway, the difference between my hunt and your hunt <laughs> was that you had some redemption. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, let's talk about the redemption. Yeah. Like, was it the same spot? Like, was the terrain slightly different? Like what did things kind of look like, like there? Well, first let me ask you this. Like, how did you kind of get yourself out of that funk? Cause I know for me, man, like I, that was literally the last day in Missouri. Yeah. So it was actually kind of it was actually kind of good because then I had to drive to another state yeah. and it gave me like Tons a good like, day and a half yeah. just to kind of like well, not the, hunt, not have to grind, just whatever. Well, it's therapeutic, you know, it's when you can talk about it. You know, like I did that little Instagram story. Totally you know, is. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's some legit like I'm almost gonna cry mm-hmm. moments because I to me, it's not a, just a deer. Like I'm not I'm going to an outfitter. I just paid some money, and he set me up. I shoot a deer. It's like, eh, you know, there's really no connection to that deer. Like mm-hmm. I've worked for that deer. You know, yep. I work for like all all my deer, and I hold deer to you know a special place. Yep. You know, they're uh, amazing animals, creatures, and I I don't want to hurt, injure. You know, I'm I don't, I don't only yep. see them dead on the side of the road because like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like yeah. it's just awful. And looking, kn- knowing I searched as hard as I could. You know, we we tried to call a. Uh, a dog guy in. He was like, "Yeah, I want to come out." He just never showed up. You know, I so, called a dog guy, yeah. and he was a good dude. Yeah. You know, I I had the benefit of having footage. Yeah, you know, so I was able to send yeah. him a clip yeah. and say, "Hey, take a look at this. I'd love for you to come out and help yeah. me track." You know, and he looked at the footage, and he um, he was actually at work, and so yeah. when he got off work, he messaged me back and said, "Hey, I took a look at that." He's like, "I'll come out and track." He's like, "I the dog will get on blood." He's like. I'm going to tell you, he's like, you probably have about a 2% chance of finding that yeah. deer. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, it's not dead. He's like, and not but the cool thing about what he did too was, is like, not only was he giving me his perspective of like him doing this for years, you yeah. know, and all the tracks that he's done and what he's found and what he's not found. He actually reached out to a bunch of his buddies at yeah. blood track too and said, Hey, took a look at this footage. Yeah. Tell me what you think. And basically he was like, yeah. everyone came back saying this deer ain't dead. He's like, so he's like, yeah. I can help you look and we can push a trail track two miles and yeah, not maybe have a somebody deer push him to another shot or something you know get another arrow something yeah so anyway but yeah like the the dog guy was kind of you know yeah i've never backed out i've always this that and uh this dude he was like ah, I, I can't come out things come out and then let me know how it turns out so expecting a dog if we probably had a tracker we probably found that deer right. absolutely you know a good bloodhound you know a good tracking dog would have found it you know right because there's enough sign you know, mm-hmm. 
that you're going to, you know, enough blood that he's got really something to go cut the arrow. You know, like it's yeah. a liver shot deer. You know, you're going to find that deer. Right. You know, but there's so many nooks and crannies where that deer could hide, you know. And right. Gonna, but knowing I gave, other guys gave what they had. I gave what they had. And I've been doing this you know, 30 years. I've lost, I've tracked deer. I've lost deer. So I've had some practice losing deer. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really necessarily like it. The older I get, the harder it gets. Because it's like, yeah. fuck, this is. Requires work to get a, a shot at a deer like that. It's yeah. Not every day you get a caliber of that deer on public in the mountains. It's like, hey, look, I'm gonna stroll by you at 23 yards. Like everything <laughs> right. you dream of happening. You if you're know? gonna draw it up, that's <laughs> how you would draw it <laughs> yeah. up. You know what I mean? But uh, I said the Instagram story was was therapeutic because after you know, posted it and then watched it a few times, it's like you know and the message, the feedback you get from it, you know, and it's yeah. it's positive. And even Johnny was like, it, just, it happens, you know, and, and it does happen. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the biggest thing right there, man, is like um look, there's plenty of shitheads out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um and you'll hear from them too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you post something, whether it's a video or whatever, it's like there's a lot of keyboard warriors yeah. that could have done it better. Yeah. The reality was they weren't there, they weren't in that tree, yeah. they weren't they didn't release that arrow, you know, and so you can talk all the game yeah. you want to talk about how you would have done it differently. Yeah. But you've been doing if you've done this long enough. It's happened to yeah, you. I'm surprised. Like that, that was the first year you lost. Like every, I've lost. Well, I'll put I mean, it this way, man. There's been times like where I've probably been more cautious than I needed to be, mm-hmm. and didn't release an arrow because I will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably good, right? Because it's like I was like, eh, I don't think. Uh, well, yeah. Once deep doubt creeps in your your brain, don't 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 but, do yeah, it. Yeah, the, and I've always been pretty good at being able to go like, mm, man, I don't think I can slip it through there, yeah. and just letting it and just letting it go. You know, yeah. the other thing is too is I don't take. I historically don't take far shots yeah. either. You know what I mean? And so a lot of guys I think lose deer because they're yeah. out shooting their capability. Yes. Where for me in the whitetail woods. Well, they'll wind I, them 70 yarders and they practice a 50 all summer. Uh, that means you're good at 30, not 70. Right. Yeah. It's like I, I typically won't take a shot, but beyond 30, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? And if it is beyond 30, it's like, man, there better be nothing but air and opportunity between yes. me and that deer. Exactly. You know? So anyway. But, yeah. So the next couple of days, it was just, the weather was just shit, man. It was hot. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like awfully hot. It was like, dude, it was in the 80s. Yeah. So it was brutal. We were just trying different things, checking cameras. And like, it was just, I mean, even Johnny was like, there's just, I mean, nothing. The cameras were dried up. You know, they were on that lockdown phase. And like PA, like hunting the last couple of years and, and talking to Johnny and, and looking back at old camera intel, like, you know, the 30th or the 29th, like the, the second. Fire, yeah, and yeah. then it gets a little dry spot, and then like the fifth and sixth starts ramping up again. You know, because they mm-hmm. two days are you know Locked it seems down. to be proverbial mm-hmm. uh, uh, consistency with that. So when we have nothing going on, and then um, I was just driving around looking for tracks, just scouting, you know, just trying to find something. So I'm like, I'm like, and a few spots I scouted, I I, I set up in the morning, um, checked the camera I had there, had a couple bucks coming through. But his camera died, you know, and where I was sitting, it was like, I'm just like a sitting duck here. We looked at it, but it was a great spot, but right, no no thought of planting on the trees. I'm like, oh, this is dumb, you know? So scouting out, I found a bunch of sign, and I dropped him off one night um, with his bike, and uh, he drove down to a spot, and he didn't see nothing. And then he hunted right where we hunted the first day. He went and checked the cameras. There's some bucks in there. And he had sat. A little bit further back from where I was, you know, playing on sitting, you know, but he had a buck come through right at, at dark, you know, 
he'd come up on this hill, come up out of these pines, and he's just listening for does milling around. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really move until dark. He took a few steps, and he was just too far back. So he's like, I had bucks coming through here. He came from over here next morning. I plan on going home. I told the lady I was going to come Saturday morning. Right. So I called her. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to hunt tomorrow morning, you know, and, and help clean the cabin. She goes, oh, you're coming home tomorrow, not Sunday? I was like, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. was like, oh, uh, well, I'm going to hunt tomorrow morning. Okay, sure. I'm like, and John is like, we're killing. I'm like, yes. So we looked at the maps, you know, and he's going to hunt where that deer kind of came from, sit all day. We're both going to sit all day. And uh, where he was sitting, he goes, you need to be a little bit closer. And you can see if you look at a base map, they have a, like a layer. Mm-hmm. You can, it's like a little aids, like a, almost like a, I forget what it's called, ESMR layer or something. But it, it just shows different vegetation. You can kind of see like the trees. And you mm-hmm. see this old clear cut and you kind of see like a little strip of something. And it was like a little kind of open spot and dark spot. So like, I'm going to sit right here. He goes, yeah, well, they come through here. You, you might, might work out. You know, I'm going to be over here where, you know, the other tree we found. Right. So we, we split up, we go in and he goes there and I go there and, you know, it's just tore up and I was going to get in. Like, when you walking. say tore up, like what kind of signs like, you can see where they're feeding the, all the leaves are, are brow, there's okay. brows nipped off, like walking in. You're like, okay. just deer everywhere. And you're like, I don't want to walk in here. Cause it's like, you're like waist deep, like brows. You're like, my sense everywhere. I'm like, you know, right. I get to a spot and I was like, I was going to go a little bit into the thicker stuff. The clear cuts a little bit older. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be right on the edge. I kind of shoot in there, but I think this open spot is where I need to be, you know, cause I can shoot 40 yards in the open spot and I can squeeze 20 yards in here. Right. So I'm getting setting up and I didn't see nothing hitting here and anything. And I'm like, it's kind of cold and chilly. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get ready to get at 10 o'clock. I'm getting down. I'm going to go down to this uh, gas line go down this little low spot and just scout my way down to, you know, where the crossing is gas line or something. Mm-hmm. And I hear it. And I was like, Oh shit. He's literally like 10 yards behind me. And I'm like, come from like, how did you make right. it? Like he made it hundred yards where he crossed the road and he crossed that road with that big rub. I mm-hmm. found earlier that Monday, that's their main crossing. So mm-hmm. it's like, everything's kind of like ties up in this one spot, but he comes, comes down and he's right. And he, caught my scent trail and it right stopped away. then there's tracks and i'm like so i grabbed the bow I'm, like, I'm shooting this deer and i'm like i'm trying to grab my bow but he's like 10 yards behind me and i'm like kind of a group of cherries but i'm off on the outside so i'm not like hidden on the inside so i'm like kind of hanging out there yeah in like land because i'm expecting him to be like in the front and like he was literally like behind me and so i'm like Dude, i'm like i know and like he darts off i grab the bow and i like pull back and he starts running this way and i'm like Come on. And so it was over at that point? Yeah, basically. And then I had some uh, calming sent out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he caught it with that and came back. Like, he was looking back and forth, back and forth. Really? Yeah. And that scent, because it's like, I smell human, I smell danger, but I also smell women. So, like, he's right. at that point, like, and it's that time's going to break open. It's a week before their peak rut. Like, they're right. on their feet. And, uh, and he comes back, comes back, and he's darting all over. Meanwhile, like, I'm at full draw. And, and it's like you know, uh, plug to the saddle, you know, it allowed me to stay at full draw and swing around the tree. Cause I first, you know, pull back. I'm, you know, viewers can't see what I'm doing, but <laughs> <laughs> I wish they could. Yeah. <laughs> so full draw. And I, I, I work. so were you, when you went to full draw, was it weak side, strong side? Directly be strong. So side. Strong side. Yeah. And, uh, he stayed the whole strong side the whole time, but, but you had I, to kind of move yeah, around so the tree. I was literally like full draw and swinging out. And I'm like, I knew where, the, the thicket was like was 28 
I knew it was blowdown was like 22, 23. And he's coming back. And I'm like, I'm a full draw. And I'm like, I'm trying to like look for, and it's just like clear cut. It's just, there's really not much to go through. And he comes beeline right back and then makes a hard left. Yeah, his hard left. And he stops. And I got, I can see his antlers and he's like back and forth. He smells me, but he also smells like, you know, the does that are in area and plus the calming scent I stuff had out. And I could see the tip of his ass, his tail and his nose. And then I literally had to shoot through these two little trees. So I was either I'm hitting this tree or I'm hitting the deer in the kill shot. There's no like wounding this deer. It's like, right. it's like, I'm going to either shoot under his nose by full hard, right? Pull hard left. I'm going to like, you know, shoot his tail. So it's like, and I'm just like leaning back and, Everything I had, I was like, this deer's smoked. You know, I was like, I am not. How, well, how, what was the distance? 23. 20, again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe 24, but it's that same ballpark. And is, you know, and I was, we talked to Johnny like the, the night before. I was like, if I see him, I'm killing it. There's just no, I'm not going home empty handed this trip. Right. You know, I'm hunting all day Saturday. I'm killing something. You know, I'm bringing antlers home. And the whole time I'm on that deer, it's like, you're dead, 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 dead. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, hopefully I don't, I seen this little opening. I'm like, all Got day. this. Yep. <laughs> you know, and an arrow hit, you know, released and just instant blood. And I shoot, you know, a four blade fixed head, you know, radical archer design. It's mm-hmm. big inch and three sixteenths cut head. It's mm-hmm. pretty good size. I mean, as soon as it hit, it was like blood just pours out. I'm just like, done. And he just took off. I mean, didn't donk kick, just took off. And I'm just watching blood just, just pour out of him. Pass through, and it's just yeah. And you just hear a crash, bang, bang. When any deer is running through a blowdown, mm-hmm. you know it's dead. You know yeah. they're not going around like he's going through blowdowns. You yeah. know, and then it was like one loud boom on like, the ground, and you never know because you're like he's dead. Maybe he's not. Maybe dead. he's not. Yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start second yeah. guessing, like you start like yeah. yeah. It so, happens with me every time. It's like even when I even when the the arrow is like perfectly yeah. placed it's like it, i get fired up like right away i'm always like oh i killed that deer yeah. you know and then like 30 seconds i'm like oh man i don't know about that shot yeah, you know what yeah. I, mean? I start like immediately second guessing myself yeah. you know and uh it said recovering you know said from losing that that deer to that deer like get back on that topic you know the best way to do it is you know get back on the horse yeah. you know you can't let doubt creep in yeah, I should have did this. Like that deer I lost, I wouldn't change one thing. Yeah. Like he lunged for it when the doe took off. I did everything I could do beyond that shot. Yeah. I wouldn't take that shot back. I'd take that shot. Uh even if it wasn't the best in my mind, I still had to tell myself I wouldn't change one thing. Because you say I'm gonna on a bad shot, I would change this. You're planting that seed and you're like, I'm gonna water it from time to time. And that little bit of doubt, like uh, Yeah. Uh, uh. Dude, that's a good point, man, because you know that the, the one that I lost, it was, it was the same thing. It's like, I look, cause I mean, believe me, Especially I look, you have footage. You can watch. Well, I've, all and stuff. And I've watched it a million times, you know what I mean? Like I've replayed it yeah. over and over. It was in my phone. I probably watched it no less than 200 times yeah. over the course of two days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't know that that little branch was there yeah. yet. You know? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm like, I can't believe I clipped that tree. Yeah. Like how the hell did that happen? You know? And I, and I was just, every time I would look at it, I'm like, I don't know what happened, but that arrow was going to pinwheel him. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, I take that shot a hundred times out of a hundred times and I'll make that yep. 99 times out of a hundred. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason why. And then I find out why, yep. you know what I mean? Like, and that's too, I, I think a lot of people, they they'll focus on that negative part of that. Like things I take from, I had that deer at 23 yards. 
you know, <laughs> over, well, he dropped, so pretty much shot over his back, and I got another arrow in him, like a, a chance to shoot at him. You know, would I wish I need another arrow? Yeah, sometimes, because I don't want that deer to die you know, and, and not right. have a, you know, but the pin was on him, the shot broke clean, like everything was good, but the rut hunting, is, yeah. it's, it, it's a difficult time to get to be a bow hunter. Yeah. Because hundred we're not shooting, you know, 900 feet per second or whatever rifle bullets or I don't even know how yeah. fast they go, you know, but you know, deer drop, they jump arrows, they move, you know, even with guns, they do it. It happens. Yeah. You know, but well, especially this time, that time of year, because their, their movements and intent are not, are not always their own. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Right. Like they're being led around yes. a little bit by a doe or by a scent or whatever the case is, and right? I, and I can see why people fall in love with the rut hunting. Oh, you see deer. Yeah. Well, not, not just zombie fire. Like he, I could have been doing Joe Jackson trade that deer. Could care. I could have been on the ground, you know, doing the work. Well, it's like the one almost ran me over. Yeah. Like he had no clue I was yeah. there. Like he looked, I saw his eyes. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> you know what I mean? We like had a that's moment how, there. <laughs> that's how close I was. The doe saw me yeah. and she moved. Yeah. He would have ran straight through me had she not moved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he had no, he yep. did not care. He did Zombie, not. Man. She saw me when she was running and you could see her eyes got like this big. Fear. <laughs> and she just like dodged yeah. like to the, I guess it would have been to her right yeah. away from me. He came running, looked straight at me, nose still on the ground yeah. and had like, I mean, had no clue that I was there. I should have grabbed, not only did he have no clue. He should have grabbed this antler. I could have rodeoed him, man. You know, I could have totally rodeoed yeah. him. Hey, Chad, yeah. this is how you do it. Did you see that video of that dude wrestling that deer? Like, he shot him, went up on him, and like, oh, yeah. and like ended up having to wrestle him. There was a guy from Michigan, I think, that the Exodus boys did a uh, uh, cribs with that did the same thing. Like, yeah. spent like, I don't know, I'm going to say 30 minutes, but I don't yeah. know if it was 30 minutes or not. But he went up on a deer that he thought he had killed yeah. when he got there the deer got up and he was like i'm not losing this deer and yeah. grabbed his antlers yeah. and ended up wrestling him you know for like however long yeah. until he could finally kill him or yeah. whatever i mean he could have the deer could have killed him yeah you know i mean gordon that's adrenaline know? i'm gonna take this deer out yeah i ain't and i mean i love deer hunting but yeah. i ain't trying to like wrestle him you know what i mean it's like if <laughs> if he's gonna run away i'll try to put another arrow in him yeah. or like catch up to him and <laughs> and kill him again later or try to kill him again later i'm not I'm not trying to wrestle a yeah. deer with like knives, an animal with knives well, on the top when of their head. I, when I walked up mine, like I got down and just blood was everywhere. The arrow was perfect, perfect color. I mean, just blood on trees, like three, four foot high. And walking out, it gets real open. Well, same thing. It's like tall grass. I'm like, this blood's getting sparse. And I was like, here we go. I was like, I know I heard it fall. But then, right. like, the blood was like, but it was just, he's starting to spray out of his mouth at that point. So it's right. like, it's atomized. So it's like, it's there, but you really have to look for it. And like, right, I heard right. it fall. I'm just, I just want to see the deer. And it's like, I'm walking in, and there's like all these blowdowns. So it's like, grass, giant blowdowns, grass, giant blowdowns. So I'm like, right. looking, looking. And I'm like, and uh, kind of like look up. And I'm actually like uh, talking into my phone. I was like, I don't believe this is happening. And I kind of step over, <laughs> blowdown. And it's like, my face just goes, let's make this weird noise i'm like i couldn't even, the, my face expression and noise is so weird it's like i just delete just delete right. that because it's like oh my goodness get rid of that thing that is right. just like it's just awful but it's like the you know joy and i run up on it you know at the same time like i felt like uh you well, know it had to be in a sense of relief too yeah yeah they find him at the same time i was like man this is great but I was like kind of disappointed that I, I lost the other deer. Like I'm, I'm happy for this one, but it's like, well, it, it all everything kind of comes full yeah, circle, right? It's like, it, man, I'm. I was like, 
getting all emotional here. Like I start like almost like tearing up. It's like, whoo, this is. <sighs> well, it's yeah. Like, wow. It's it's, just, and people are like, how could you, people that, that emotion when you have success in something? They're, it's just that emotion. Like, you can't train for that. You can't, like, yeah. work on that. It just happens. Yeah. Like, I'm so happy. Like, I'm pulling him out at the same time. Like, I felt relieved. I got him, made the great shot. You know, he was dead. The point of impact. And then right. at the same time, like, I lost a, I lost a deer. You know, it's like that, yeah. that whole, like, you know, yin and yang type thing. Like, yeah, I'm a killer, but at the same time, I'm. Not just a ruthless serial killer, like I'm, I have an attachment to that that moment. Yeah, you know, so it's like it did. I didn't get that full sense of like jubilation, joy. Mm -hmm. That same, I was like, yeah, I'm happy, but uh, I mean, it happens uh, to me even when I don't lose one, right? Because like even you know when I was in Iowa and killed that deer, you know, last season, well, you, you missed know. them eight times. I mean, it was, it was well, I killed them. a different one. I missed yeah. one <laughs> particular deer three times. Uh, was it three times? One, two, no twice but i saw him like four times yeah. or um i mean i didn't wound anything or whatever you know but it's still like when i got that deer it's like i put it this way man it's like i like to say when i hunt it's like i'm killing i don't like to use the word harvest necessarily oh, there God. you know because it's not what i don't grow it you know it's <laughs> like be one thing if i lived on a farm and i'm you know manicuring the farm and growing deer, to, deer yeah. to kill or whatever you know it's like maybe then you call it harvesting but like you know where i hunt or you hunt mm -hmm where a lot of our, most of our buddies hunt, yeah. it's like we ain't harvesting squat, yeah. you know, we're killing, you know, and, and I don't take that lightly, you know what I mean? It's like, um, well, it's not a sport or a game when people call it. That's like, the, that's yeah. just drives me crazy. It's not yeah. a sport. Yeah. You know, this killing is not, there's a sport. not a score yeah, involved, no. you know what I mean? It's like, and, and I would even marginally say like, there's not a, like even when you do kill one, it's like, you're, it's not a win yes. per se. You know what I mean? Like, I don't view it like that. I'm not keeping score. It's not like, hey, deer for me yeah. too or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's a uh, – I always like, people that ask me about it that don't hunt, like, say, like, at work or whatever, the way I kind of explain it to them so they have an appreciation for it. And it's funny because I'm watching this TV show now that's about this. But it's like playing – it's like playing 3D chess is kind of like how I – explain it to people and i'm watching this tv show about this person who was a prodigy right. playing chess when she was like super young or whatever and because it's like and you'll hear people say and it's a and it's a term it gets thrown around a lot that i think people say because they think it's what they should say and it makes them seem mm -hmm. or feel yeah. like they are this you know chess pound great hunter this yeah. that the other but it's like it's truly like to be great at chess is similar to, to being to wanting to be to wanting to be great at deer hunting or bow hunting is is the process of it you know what i mean right. and that's why i think it it's as emotional as it is is because like what you have to invest to have that brief moment of um i don't even want to say joy maybe brief moment of achievement and that's all it is, is the mm. brief moment because that brief moment and that one time where you found success does not guarantee it will ever happen yeah. again. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and it's not necessarily even that whatever you did in order to get there for that success isn't necessarily repeatable. Mm -hmm. It's not like, Oh, if I just continue to do these things over and over again, I'll, I'll have this, I have a similar outcome. Yeah. no, you can take some certain things that you've done well that have, you know, allowed, put you in a position to potentially have success, but it's not like, 
oh, if I just do these types of workouts, I'll get stronger. Yes. You know, it's not that. It's that it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. The land changes. The deer have different influences every day, every mm-hmm. moment, every whatever. And so it really is a process kind of like chess. There are a lot of plays in chess to be played, right? Certain types of moves, certain types of traps you can set and stuff like that. But it's all fluid and dynamic because you're playing with another person who has, who is a thinking person, a you know, human being who's going to have their own perspective of like how they're going to adapt to you. Yes. Right. Deer are the same way. Right. Yes. It's like I can try to lay the best laid plan in a trap, but ultimately there's a lot of things that have to line up. Even if I do all the things that are right in yeah. order for me to put that deer on the ground. Yeah. Too many variables that yeah. are accountable. You can just do your best, wake up and that's, you know, I tell people this all the time. If you're hunting the way you did two or three years ago, you're already behind the game. Even how you yeah. hunted last year, you're behind the game. If your game isn't evolving, you know, mental game, physical game, you know, and your planning game, you're always going to be behind this deer. These deer, deer are 365. Yeah. We are part, even the most diligent deer hunter. Part-time is generous. Yeah, even. it is part-time. You know, you're, you know, especially, I definitely don't scout like I used to. And my success in the killing part of things shows mm-hmm. you know like i became a family man <laughs> it was like you know like instant nose dive <laughs> like straight swan dive because you have to pick and choose like family or hunting well right. i'm not gonna be that guy that chooses hunting or my family ever right you know like it's just not gonna happen as much as we love it you know yeah, what i mean it is exactly you know i'm not this isn't my job i yeah. i i take joy in being in the woods you know and i always will but it's never going to be my focal point and right. for guys that can make it to focal point, hey, good on you. Yes, you know I'm you know? not that guy. Like, I, I can't be that guy. Yeah, and uh, just you literally have to, you know, do the best you can with what you have. Yeah, you know, and a lot of guys do. The conditions this year, this rut year, were, were horrible in PA. It was so spiky. Yeah, you know, and a lot of guys were, you know, ran into a few guys, especially you know, because we don't have service at Johnny's, so right. you got to run in town and get service, and people mess with me. I'm I'm calling it quits. I ain't seen nothing in two days. I'm like. Days like, like you you have one good season last year, right? And now you're really hinging. Well, these these days are oh man, like you might be out there for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, four and years, man. Like right, you got to play long ball. You know, it's yep. it's literally like you have to look two well, or three years. Then you have to take the small wins too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to recalibrate what a win is based on, you know, it's not inches. And right. That's what people need to get out. I I hate this inches thing. It just drives me crazy. You know, like what was it? Like the one deer shot that, that I lost. I couldn't tell you what it was. I know right. it was wide, heavy, and tall. Right. I didn't know what I shot and killed until I walked up and counted. I'm like, it's wide and heavy. I'm shooting it. I didn't right. go, no, it's only 127. I can't shoot that. Like, right. he's mature. I'm shooting it. The score will be whatever it will be. I don't really care. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't have one deer in record books. And not that I haven't tried that, that, that aspect. You know, I just haven't been, they don't, the score, right. it's, I'm always sure of, of the minimum. Right. You know, Sure, I want to shoot a have at least one record book deer, in right? The world, you know, like this little plaque, whatever, right? But that's not my whole sole reason, right, right? I mean, for me, I tried to find, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to figure out how to say this, you know, I try to look at it every hunt and every opportunity as like having, you know, successes and failures along the way, right? Because there's never a clean, perfect hunt, right? You always are going to have failures along the way. Like Unless it's just, you run a YouTube channel. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Smooth all smooth, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing, you know? Um, and for me, it's like, 
you know, I hit that deer on the last day of the Missouri hunt. Right. And so feasibly I was leaving and knew when we went out right. that morning to hunt. I mean, I felt good about where we were going to hunt cause we had seen really great sign. That was where we had seen that really big deer. It just felt like it was too right to not, to not work. But I'd already kind of recognized like, Hey, there's a pretty good chance. I'm probably going to get home with this tag in my pocket, yeah. you know? And there was extra added kind of, I don't want to say pressure, but like, you know, it was be all being filmed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the first time I ever had someone filming me, you know what I mean? And there's a little weirdness with that because you can't do your normal thing. Well, you're doing your normal thing, but like, it's all out there for the world to see how you do it. You know what I mean? And like how you, how you hunt, you know what I mean? Now, granted it's edited together. So it's like, you don't see every moment of it, but you get an idea of like how someone does, does things or whatever. And like, if someone was following you around with a camera and you for a week and you can't even find deer, like that's bad. You know what I mean? So See, I'm used to that. So I'm like, Oh, this is welcome to my life. Right. Well, no, <laughs> I know. Right. Cause it's like, it's happened to me. It's like, the cameraman's like can you find deer? Oh, this is like, this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. I just wander. You know what I mean? It's like, but you know, the, the success for me in this trip was, you know, cause I'm still at that point, I think in my, my hunting journey. I hate when people call it a career because I don't get paid to do that. Um, is still in part, and maybe we're all there to a certain degree, but like in part is still like proving to myself that I know what I, I'm, know what I, I'm doing. I belong. Right. And, and it's not necessarily belonging per se, but it's like continually to prove to myself that like I'm getting better. I'm growing. I'm learning more, you know, cause you know, I'll just be honest with you, man. It's like, I got some friends like you, you know, Chad, Dan, you know, um, guys who I look at and I'm like, man, like these dudes, they know what's up. Like they get after it, you know, and, uh, or really, or Johnny, yeah. you know, that are really good hunters. I would say Bo, but I would say Bo, but not until he cuts that mustache yeah. off, yeah. you know, <laughs> not until he cuts that thing off. Yeah. You know, I'm not adding him to that. No, but Bo, you know, it's just like yeah. our, the group that we all kind of hang yeah. with and stuff like that, that are some like really great hunters. And I personally don't think that I can hold a candle to, to any of those guys, you know? And so for me, you know, I try to find like small, like wins for myself along the way. And I love traveling and hunting out of state, you know? Um, and so for me, it's like, seems to be what you're better at than your home state. It is. It's, the weirdest thing you're, man. Your it's home like, state, you're just like smothering yourself like <clears throat> it's almost like the, the you pressure can't, you can't see him but like he's like strangling something yes. and that's kind of <laughs> like and i started recognizing that that i feel like um when you go out of state too well me, when i go out of state it's like i throw i'm just i'm flying by the seat of my pants i don't have a plan you don't overthink it because i usually like missouri never went to scout mm. and that was the i was just getting to that to where it's like for me the success was i never scouted it I only ever looked at the map. I hunted three different pieces that were all an hour and a half away from each other that were completely different in terrain. And I found deer within two days on each piece and had an encounter with a shooter three different occasions. Mm -hmm. Now, was That's only able way. to release one arrow. You know what I mean? But I saw four deer in seven days that were shooter caliber that were within bow range that were either just moving too fast, couldn't get stopped, or whatever the case was. Yeah, and I, my out-of-state for because i was super rigid even around here when i i shoot my deer i'm sitting in a specific tree specific hunting a specific bed in new jersey in the mountains very rigid not much room for air i'm going to scouting i'm hunting this bed or this this bedding your location i'm not hunting anywhere else i'm just beelining right to there 
when I would go out of state, I would be too rigid. Right there. It's like, I got to be right here. This is it. And I start walking past good stuff. Yeah. And not paying attention. It's like, yeah, hey, just you know, so blinded to that one spot. That it has to happen here. So that's the problem that I have in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. When I go out of state, and I've and I've said this in the past, and I've tried to do this in Pennsylvania, but I, I I say often when I go out of state, you know, I do like to scout a little bit because I like to be to know like what areas I need to be in, like from historical sign yeah. or whatever, right? Or I have a couple of trail cameras up, and I can and I'll know that there's decent deer that I want to chase in a particular area. Right. But like Missouri or last year in Iowa or whatever, it's, I had very little plan because I was hunting spots where I had never been before. And so the only thing I had to go off of was what I was literally seeing in front of me at that moment and whether or not I thought there was anything better somewhere else. And in most of those States, I'm going to have encounters with deer that are probably on average better than the ones I would have yeah. encounters with in Pennsylvania and be willing to shoot. So I don't walk past a lot of yeah. sign when I'm out of state in those yeah. places, you know, also too, for me out of States, I hunt bigger parcels. Yeah, me too. So <clears throat> I think, but like you know, Jersey, some of the small pieces, like you really have to be specific. Like, all right, well, I only yeah. got 150 acres. I can't really go walk about on 150 because it's, you push gonna, everything off. Yeah. So yeah. they're, you know, and the, I think there's a few spots. Well, then I'm also dealing with, we're both dealing with a lot of pressure too. Mm. And the benefit of doing the scouting on some of these pieces, like that one spot, like, so I know where I had that big deer. I know part of what screwed me was that I knew where he was at relatively consistently where I wouldn't hunt him anywhere else other than like a spot Mm -hmm. because I knew that he was showing up there. Mm -hmm. And as I started, as I like the season wore on and I had, kind of recognize like hey like getting a crack at him is probably going to be few and far between at this point you know um what other places would i do i think he might be Mm -hmm. and so i started kind of thinking about a game plan of like looking at the truck camera pictures and like what i know of how he's traveling and the times of day that he's traveling stuff like that i've started figuring out like i think i blew a really good opportunity to hunt him over in an area where I think he's bedded or yeah. where he's been bedding, mm-hmm. you know, not, I don't know that he's there right now. If I had to guess, I don't think yeah. that he is, but I think in early October, I think I was probably tops 300 yards, 250, 300 yards from his bed is what I would guess. Yeah. And I never once stepped foot in that area during the season. Yeah. And that to me is like, if I didn't have a camera and I only knew that he was in the area, like in Missouri or wherever, I would have went and just scouted and went and found like mm-hmm. where he was spending time. Cause there was nothing in that spot where I'm, where I was hunting him yeah. other than the scrape primary yeah. scrape that told me he was even going to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so too, with, you know, there's a lot of variables that come into play. Um, too many. And I think, you know, I'm guilty with overthinking things. Yeah. You know, and this year too, I, I made a print just hunting the salt marsh. I, the, the trail cameras were negligent, like were awful, but I still gave it effort. I still went, look, well, maybe they're not in the woods here. And or I, maybe they're just skirting the cameras. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really did like giant loops and it was literally like dead. I hunted like twice. I didn't see nothing. So I went like walk about. I'm like, this whole place goes down. Mm-hmm. And granted, I blew, you know, four or five sits, but I didn't necessarily give up because maybe they weren't, weren't going to be here. You know, as mm-hmm. much as I want they're here religiously three years, the last three years, Intel is from these dates. I'm getting all this. You know, after two sits, not seeing, it's right. like, eh, maybe go somewhere else, you know, and, and 
just come to find out, like, so I won't go back there. You know, I, I got cameras out. Maybe they'll get pushed in there from gun season or whatever. But I don't have high hopes for that spot. As right. much as I want it to be, like, you can't make something out of nothing. You right. Know? It's like, yeah. they're here. Eh. No, they're right. not. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like the, the the one spot around the beds that we started talking about at the beginning. It's like I quickly kind of abandoned that spot because I did do a walkabout. I did six miles because, yeah. you know, and just kind of looked for like where are they spending time. I had them on camera previously. They've disappeared. I don't know where they've gone. You know, I did a walkabout, found squat. Yeah. And so then at that point I was like, all right, peace out. I'm out of this spot. Yeah. I'll come back and check it again in like a month and a half, yeah. see if something picks up. And so I did hunt it like right when I got back from – I think that's from Missouri. I did one. Know, I did one hunt in there. What just, separates? Uh, I know, like, like double long, like Ricky. He's he's very thorough in his spots, you know, because he's got years of of mm-hmm. hunting. And he was busting my balls because I was scouting in PA. It's like you can't kill him for scouting. I was like, well, you can't kill him. You can't find him. You know, it's right. like you know a different type of area. Like he's yeah. a more condensed. There's, there's a smaller travel pattern, so you don't yeah. really need to be as aggressive. Yeah. You know, but in these bigger pieces, you know. If you're not moving or being mobile, like you could be, you know, 100 yards off, you know, dude. And like, I mean, yeah, I mean, 20 and, yards and you're out of the game in some spots. And that's you know, having all your gear on your back. Like, I've always been a mobile, mobile hunter, you know, from, from the beginning. I've always had success. It was when I was mobile, moving. you know, mm-hmm. and when I started killing my big deer, I was like super rich. I needed this tree. So I've kind of combined like the, the two. It's like, and I've, I feel a lot more like this year, I felt more natural going in the woods. Right. I wasn't so, you know, rigid, but you know, <laughs> the quick New Jersey story, when I killed my buck, you know, the bed I was going to that, that night I, I, I mm-hmm. killed him, I went and pulled that camera. <laughs> the only big deer I got in camera was literally coming right down the trail area where I would have been setting up on. Are you serious? And I was like, what are the odds of that? You know, the, <laughs> that's the, the only day that uh, I got a, a decent buck on that camera, you know? That's it. And it was that, it was that, that night. I'm like, hmm. well, look at that. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> I'm happy the deer I killed at the same time. You're like, uh, there's 130, 140 inches. And it's like, and I got one picture of it. And that was it. It was that day I killed my buck. You're like, oh, I'm not even like, at the same time, I was like, I just laughed it off. Like, oh, right. I mean, yeah. what else can you do? Yeah, you know but what it's what like, it's- wow. And I wouldn't trade it because I, I got to see that fight. You know, I seen all well, that. Well, that's really just crazy. the thing, man. It's it, like, so it's had- like, I traded that. You know, I'm always big experienced guy. Chase, chase those moments, not those inches. Like having those deer go at it. You know, it's like, yep. I'll yeah. remember that forever. Yeah. You know? I I got 130 in the wall, like, yeah, you know, it's like, yep. yeah, cool. Yeah, look at me. I killed 130. I literally seen a battle royale <laughs> right on my street. It's like, right. Ah, way cooler. Sorry. It's like, and you saw it in a place where it doesn't typically get yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's one thing if you see that in like Texas somewhere yep. where it's like you touch two antlers together and they just come and, running. Yeah. And that was the spot too. Like there's no, never, I'm going to you know, be in this tree here. It was literally like, where can I get up? Where can I get up? All right. That tree, geez, that tree's awful, but it's literally the only tree. And it's like a, a 30 degree lean. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, man. It's been a, it's been a strange season. I think right now we're going to hit pause and take a pee break and then we'll come back. Two hours, yeah. yeah. We're getting, we're getting in there, man. So I figure we'll do that. And then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about late season, some loose plans for next year. Yes. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And hell, while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tether, Exodus Outdoor Gear, 
Skull Brew Coffee Company, and Maven Optics. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.